before we start the pod, got to do a little ad read for you guys. Totally forgot to do it when we recorded earlier. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hopa. Hopa Hockey, pure custom sticks. Customize all aspects of your stick from blade grip and stiffness to choosing your exact length with desired flex, kick point, and a variety of shaft grip styles and more. Produced and shipped under 10 days of order. Free FedEx International shipping on all orders over $129. Also offering two-piece custom sticks and goalie sticks. The goalie sticks are sick. They're all customized just like the player sticks as well. We got a promo code for you guys as well. 10% off at checkout. Use Roller Dad News. Check out Hopa Hockey on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or even on their website. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the RDN Good Roller Podcast. I believe we're on episode six. I got my main man, Kevin, here with me. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, nice little Sunday here in CO. I've just been cleaning the house and doing some stuff a little bit. So just uh, just enjoying enjoying a day off. Like to hear that, man. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. Worked Friday and Saturday. Uh, Marley is out of town. She's at a wedding in San Diego, and now she's in Redlands, back where she's from. Uh, I watched a movie that I'd never seen before. It's called uh, The Conversation, and it's like, uh, I think it was from 1978 with Gene Hackman and uh, really well-known director Francis Coppola directed it, and it was it was a really, really good movie. I was very, very pleased um, with popping that on. And I had to rewatch the last 20 minutes like three different times last night because it's just one of those like it, it leaves so much open for what you can like perceive what happened. So really good movie. I'd recommend people to go watch it. It was, it was awesome. You said 78 that movie was made? 78. You like yep. those old movies? I do like some older movies. My dad turned me on to them. So one like i said i'd never seen before uh the movie that guy's really well known for making is apocalypse now um and this was before apocalypse now and i don't think it was based on a book or anything like that but it was just uh it was a really really well-made movie um it was it was great it was great what? so people got it people got to go watch it give me uh give us a, give us a summary real quick of it um <sighs> There, uh, the, the main character, Gene Hackman, is kind of like a uh, surveyor, or like he's in surveillance and stuff. And so the way the movie starts is they're in, um, they're in San Francisco and they're in a square and they're recording um, a man and a woman's conversation. And basically from there, this guy is recording this conversation for somebody that he got hired by so that this guy kind of, you know, knew what these people were talking about and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'll start it off as. Okay. Nice. Nice. It's, it's good. It's good, man. It's good. It moves along at a good pace. I think it's like two hours long. So it's not like a crazy long movie. So might have to check that flick out then. I would recommend it. So we can get into we can get into some talk though. There's uh, man, what's going on in the world, Rob? Dude, I was just about to ask you, man. Like, is your rink still open? You're working at? Yeah, it it is. We uh, we have a 250 person limit. So normally we've got a capacity limit for how many people can skate in the rink, but now it's just people in general. So. 
you know, parents, aunts, grandparents, if they're coming to the rink, like we have to keep a tally of how many people are in the building. We can't get past 250. So um, we're walking around the rink as sessions are going and wiping everything down and kind of, you know, doing our due diligence and stuff to stay open. But uh, it's, it's interesting times, dude. It's interesting times. You're not even going to your office really, are you? Uh, here and there, not really. I mean, we have cleaning crews coming in and they're cleaning the, uh, cleaning the office and stuff, but no, we're at a work from home policy right now. So it's kind of, uh, like you said, such was, I mean, I've never experienced something like this. I don't think really anyone in our generation has where my dad, my dad has it. my old man who, you know, is 60, uh, he's turning 60, 66 here in, in about a month like he's never seen anything like this either and you know putting that into that perspective this is this is just completely unknown times and uncharted water man yeah and you you know you got to think about a lot of the players that are playing in europe right now you know they're trying to get back home yeah. I, I know several people have gotten back home now you know cody bovee that plays with us he's back home he's playing in spain oh good yeah, so it's kind of uh, it's kind of scary. It's kind of it's really scary and weird, you know, because you don't know how severe this. I I don't know how severe really this is yet. I don't think we do yet because it's just kind of coming to light. So yeah, Bizarro I was talking times. to uh, I was talking to PJ uh, DiMartino the other day. I was, I sent him some messages because Joey DiMartino was lighting it up at that college tourney he was playing in for ice Dude. and. Okay. Um, I was just like, man, thank goodness you're back in your home right now. He's like, yeah, no kidding. I think he's Fox was just going back to Europe. Um, I was sitting here thinking the last day or two, like, what's AMAC doing, Alex McDonald? Because he's in a very, like, weird spot. I don't, I don't know, like, I can't remember exactly where it's at, but I mean, like, it's three days travel for him to, like, get to California from where he's at, and that's just crazy to me, so – who knows what's going on with him, um, you know, and then you see all these other tournaments in our sport canceling. So we had um, NCRHA, the National Collegiate Roller Hockey Championships cancel, which, uh, you know, you, it, it's a bummer. It's a disappointment. It's completely out of their control. Obviously, it's nothing. They, they would do everything they could to have the tournament happen, but since there's so much uncertainty and everything, you know, with, with local officials and local governments, it's, it's kind of where we're at right now where things can't have to be canceled. And like I was saying, we can't have more than 250 people in our building and stuff. So. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's such a bummer right now, especially for just this time of year, NCRHA nationals coming up in a, about a month, so many seniors, you know, getting to play and people that have built their programs and it's not, it's not NCRHA's fault at all. It's, you know, it's what the guidelines are for this thing we haven't encountered. So kind of crazy. Uh, but with that being said, we have some other tournaments that are canceled as well. Winter Wars East is postponed until May, I believe. Uh, they're going to figure out the dates and stuff and send out more info. We were supposed to go to that, but obviously we're not going to. Narch uh, Huntington Beach Regional is postponed as well. The uh, French Elite League over there, they've postponed it. The Spain Elite League, they've postponed it. Uh, Piha here is postponed. Yeah. You know, the only thing on right now as of Sunday is – Tours Winter Cup is still scheduled to go on at the end of the month of March. So I guess we'll see. And that's at Salt Creek Sports Center in uh, Palatine, correct? In, in Chicago, in yes. In Chicago, yeah. yeah. 
So, so yeah, as of now, that tournament's still a go. Um, like you and I were discussing before we started recording, they're just, they're waiting it out as long and as best as they can. Cause this is a tournament that people plan on going to from, you know, from other States and, and that, you know, either requires flying or driving and stuff. And so there's plans that have been put in place to attend these tournaments and, you know, left and right, they're having to, they're having to cancel because of, because of what's going on so yeah it's really it's really taken over like everything it's insane it's nice being home and not like having the tv on and like Did not going to the grocery store it. i haven't no i've tried staying Dang. away from there oh okay so i'm talking to cj bateman on the phone yesterday this dude gets a ticket at king supers just to get some meat like literally a ticket you get when you're at the dmv just to get steaks to eat wow it's like he's calling. He's like, dude, can you believe this? I'm like, no, it's uh, it's insane. So, you know, hopefully everyone's being safe out there. You know, keeping themselves. Wash safe. your hands. <laughs> yeah, wash, wash your face. Exactly. Don't be touching people. Get the get the elbow over your mouth if you're coughing or sneezing. Doctor Kev checked here. Out. Just do everything you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's put uh, let's put this thing to bed so we can get, get on. Like our lives in the world. <laughs> couldn't say that. Uh, couldn't, couldn't say that any better. Um, so yeah, let's kind of uh, let's talk about our NCRHA experience. We got to host the Selection Monday show. That's pretty cool, dude. Um, went drove down to Colorado Springs. And- that was unique, man. I've never uh, I've never done anything like that. When I was doing a little color for State Wars last year, um, I wasn't in front of the camera or anything because. I'm not very good looking. <laughs> um, Talking we, about you, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't dressed the right way when we, when I was doing State Wars. But it was cool to be um, like in the springs and do that with Coggin and be in front of like a camera and have a computer up. Like it felt like we were like legitimately in the biz. You know, it was uh, it was unique. It was cool, and we got to talk to um, a couple people. We got to talk to Derek Rosas. Um, was the goalie from Grand Valley State, Dominic. Uh, Dominic Stankiewicz. Got to talk to Dominic. We talked to Coach Boyo from ASU. We talked to Coach John Hilke from Lindenwood. Um, I know I'm forgetting one other one. I think you – is that is – that, I think that was it. That was it? Okay. Couldn't remember if we had four or five phone calls. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was cool visiting with all those guys and kind of just sharing a little bit about how their season went. Um, it was really cool when the D3, uh, bids came in, like that was like what we were kind of waiting for since there were so many of them. So that was cool. Like we had, uh, I think that was Derek, right? We had Derek on the line when we got like into us and then we announced it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. Like for some, Oh, Jimmy T, Jimmy T. We talked to Jimmy T. That was the other one. How can we forget T? Yeah, he made time. He almost probably missed his flight to talk to us, so that was really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, man, it was cool to get get a glimpse into those guys' years and, and how their programs kind of run and, you know, what this year's been like and stuff. And it was cool to hear what they are doing to get ready for, you know, nationals. And here we are a week later. And uh, – <laughs> but – it was it was awesome, man. I had a lot of fun. I think Coggin said to us that that was, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, pretty successful. So to be like on the ground floor with that, and to have NCRHA 
um, and us kind of team up to, to bring a new dynamic to Selection Monday. That was really unique. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I think the uh, what was funny is like you didn't realize what all goes into that. Like, look at the camera. I'm not even looking at the camera half the time. Yeah. I'm looking off the screen or looking at you, looking down. I'm looking like, at the computer, like yeah. just kind of you know, yeah. like just doing just doing my own in my own world. So I, yeah, you know, for, I res- go ahead. People watching. We Coggin was kind of texting us because he was watching as this was going on. And Coggin so is the producer. We'd have to look, yeah, we'd have to look at our phone and be like, what's he saying now? So, so yeah, obviously Rob and I have not spent a ton of time in front of cameras, as you can tell, know. but we, we had some fun with it. I think we got a little bit better as it all went along. And uh, like, like I had mentioned, I think that brings a new dynamic to Selection Monday. We had, would you say you started the broadcast with like no messages in the inbox and then by the end of it you had like 14 messages. <laughs> this is insane. 14 messages. People wanted to go live with us. And the coolest thing about it was when the boys from Arizona University was like, can we go live with you? So then we got yeah. on Instagram live, talked to them. And it was just a, uh, it's such a cool experience to experience that with them too and share that with them. So. Yeah. I loved it. Um, you know, thanks to NCRHA and Rob Coggin and everyone that let us do that. I think that was a really cool thing. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, and you, and you even kind of, I, we were talking about it on the drive home, um, for a lot of these kids. I mean, like this is, this is almost, you know, like the grand finale, like the pinnacle of like where their like roller hockey career is going to go, if you will. And so, I, and I even mentioned to you at Lindenwood, you know, you're just kind of, it's just one of the, like, you're always intending and planning, like you're, you're going to be at nationals, you know, for these other programs and these other teams, like to get a bid, to get invited to nationals, like it's, it's cool to see how much like emotion and passion these kids have to go to this tournament and represent their school and, you know, play with some of their best friends that they're going to have for the rest of their life. And, um, it was, it was cool to just see like the, the, in the moment emotion that those guys had from, uh, Arizona. They loved it, man. I love that type of emotion. You know, you know me, I'm a big emotional guy when I play hockey. So when you see that kind of thing and those guys getting so pumped up to go to nationals and represent their school, it's a, it's a different feeling when you're representing your school. It's, it's a different type of thing. So it's pretty cool. That was really absolutely. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I kind of let's segue into something else we want to talk about. You know, pro. Let's talk. I want to talk about pro hockey, pro roller hockey. You know, we released these standings, uh, not standings, just power rankings of the winner. Just kind of something fun, just to throw out there. And everyone knows those aren't serious. They're just, you know, what we, what I really think, what we think, and what has happened so far based on results. Exactly. You know, everyone doesn't have their full team until summer. Everyone knows that. And mostly all all at one tournament is when you have your full team. So these winter tournaments are really, you know, preparing you for that, for those roller players that do play year round. So it comes with when you're playing pro, you know, there has to be like an expectation, you know, a level of play that is always at, you know, I think. What do you think about qualifications for a pro team? You know, do you think any team should be able to be allowed to enter into a pro division? You know, they pay their money. They have, you know, a couple, two, three names, and they're good to go. Or do you think maybe they should have to win a men's platinum or win a senior double A, or they have to win some type of tournament before that to move in there? 
because there's a lot of these teams. Go ahead. I like that idea because, you know, senior AA at State Wars, I mean, how many teams are in that division? Like 35? And Well, senior AA – it like breaks. So senior double A, there's probably about 10 senior A. There's like 35 senior A is where there's a lot. Okay. So senior double A it's, it's a little slim down. Okay. But um, you're allowed yeah, to have no, one pro player for you that can have one pro player. Yeah. You can have one pro player. So like, even, even if it's like, Hey, this team won senior double A at state wars and they want to enter an arch pro. I feel like that, that would like, you know, level out that would work out well. Um, because yeah, just like you said, I mean, or men's platinum and playing in uh, men's platinum, know. yeah, because men's platinum's a great, you know, another great division that has a lot of talent. And some well, of the men's guys platinum, are you don't over. have to just play within your state as well. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. So I, I like the idea because we talked to Sigmund and Kavaya, and you know those those kind of um, those teams at the bottom of their you know European leagues if they're at the bottom, they get put down to national one. I believe it was, they get that put down to N one. And then those N one teams are competing to get, you know, bumped up. And, you know, I would like to think it's not a tribute to the sport that, you know, maybe guys want to sandbag a little bit, but like, it's a lot more fun to go to a tournament and win. So if you have this group of guys that, you know, you're a little more comfortable playing with, and obviously guys who play men's plat, who play senior double-A, you know, they're probably more or less 20, 26, 27 and up, I would say. Like, you know, some of them are in their 30s. Some of them might even be early 40s. And, you know, to hop up at a pro level might be a little uncomfortable, might be a little, you know, like, I don't really, you know, I don't feel good about doing this or, you know, I don't want to get hurt or anything like that. Like I said, I don't think it's a, you know, a tribute to like people sandbagging our sport being soft, but people are comfortable where they are at. And it's hard to get people out of their comfort zone, especially if they had got, you know, a preconceived notion going in that they might get mercy at games or they might, you know, not even win a game. So it's, it's a tough, it's a tough, like the, there, there's gotta be, you know, kind of like some checks and balances, but I like that, you know, they should have to qualify in order to be placed in pro divisions. Yeah. Because you have certain teams that go to these tournaments and they get mercy, you know, or I wonder if there should be a qualification, maybe, you know, maybe this team has to win, you know, they have to win a bit men's platinum they have to win a senior double a before they're allowed to enter into these type of pro tournaments because going to these pro tournaments and you're getting mercy is that really a pro team you might yeah. have you could you can have pro players on that team and i guarantee you there's pro tournaments uh pro players on these teams but they're still getting mercy so is that team uh you know for sure a pro team so it var- it varies too because i know i know like at tours a couple years ago when I was playing with, uh, I think it was Team Breakaway with like Adam Steele and Novak and Krogman, we played one team from Florida in like the quarterfinals who actually like gave us a pretty good game, like for, for the most part. But it, again, like you say, like a handful of names, like a handful of guys. Um, and that is probably like the only pro tournament that they'll do. You know what I mean? So it just also depends on kind of like what 
the team's looking to do, like what tournaments the team's looking to play at. And so, like, like I know, again, re- referencing tours, like, you know, you've got Car Shield. That's like the only tournament that like Car Shield does. And they've got a very unique mix of guys. They've got like Charlie and Jack Combs this last year. I know they've had Kavaya and Bruce. And then they've got Kramer. some of the younger St. Louis kids and Waring and stuff. So, like, that's a very, like, obviously it's a pro team, but that's the only tournament that that group does is tours. So it, it, it's really interesting. The tournament selection, I think, kind of plays a little bit of a role in it. But that, that all being said, I think, uh, I, I think there should be some sort of qualifying, um, you know, ability like, hey, you won men's plat in this regional. Um, if you do it again, like, we're bumping you up to pro you know, or something like that. Cause I think it goes back again to like, you look at these European leagues and they've got structure, they've got format and those bottom teams, if they're, if they're at the bottom, they get put down and that's a big deal. If you're fighting you know, for something, every deal. game means something, every yeah. tournament means something. So yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. It is something, something I thought would spice some things up. I think it's a good time now to send it over to the interview with Nick Boyarski. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the RDM Good Roller Pod. Today, we have a we have a special guest, an Arizona legend, <laughs> coach of ASU, Connex brand owner? Uh, brand manager. Brand manager, Connex peer, head coach, Nick Boyarski. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks for having me. How's it going out here in Winter War so far? How's the team doing? Uh, having a blast. Uh, going fairly well. Um, got a 16-team and 18-team in, uh, in our Connex Pure guys. And so far, it's been a, been a pretty good one. We got two more tonight. Got Palma for the last one, and that's that's the one that we got to show stream? up for. Yeah, yeah, you're going to live stream that one. Yeah, you told yeah. me. That'll be awesome. I'll wave at the camera. Um, yeah, should be a good one. Cool. I saw you have a good old riff out here from uh, Illinois. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring some Midwest out to California once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Griff's Griff just had a big goal in our last game. Griff, when you listen to this, nicely done. He he told me, give me give me a shot on the power play. I I can go right here and I'll shoot the puck. Griff, your first shot was an absolute muffin. Your second one, nice goal. Pretty much everyone knows you around the rink. You know you're at the Connex booth all the time. You you have the Connex, but let's kind of let's go back. You know first of you getting into roller hockey um, before. Connex. Um, how did you get into roller hockey? So, kind of a... Uh, uh, did you play when you were growing up? Or? No, I didn't. So, actually, I'm from Northern California. Um, lived about 15 miles from Santa Cruz. So, kind of normal Northern California. Go to the beach, you know, whatever. When I was in junior college, um, got a job at a skate shop that did, like, roller blades and roller skates and things like that. It's like, a nice little college job. That shop happened to have a rink, like, one of the first indoor rinks. It was, like, coated concrete floor, wooden boards. Like, before they went out and bought ice boards, it was very primitive. This was probably, like, 97, 98, maybe 99, somewhere in that area. Um, so the shop I worked for owned that rink, and if we coached a youth team, we got a free men's league. So I was – I. My buddies that worked there were like, oh, you got to come play roller hockey. It's great. I didn't know how to skate. I didn't know how to hold a stick. I literally went out there with a righty stick for the first, like, three hours in the parking lot with them playing ball hockey. And they're like, ah, you should try a lefty stick. I think you're a lefty. 
that's how bad I was. Um, hasn't got much better from then. Uh, and uh, so just, I am a lefty, yes, uh, which makes sense because I am right-hand dominant. Therefore, you should be a lefty in hockey. Um, so we ended up uh, playing men's league. So played like an entry-level men's league and, and got decent enough to where me and my buddies were like, oh, we should play in the B league where like the better guys were. But we're college guys. We work minimum wage part-time jobs. They said, well, if you guys coach a youth team, you can play in the second league for free. We all started, we, we all coached a different team in this little, like, 14 and under <laughs> division. Yeah, and got our free league fee from it, and that was kind of how I got involved in coaching. And, uh, you know, that's that was kind of something I was a lot better at uh, three or four years later. Um, I, you know, still played men's league through college. I moved out to Arizona the year after and uh, started going to ASU and did the same thing. Coached at the rink I was working in the pro shop at, and if we coached, we got league fee for free and just kind of that same thing. So it just stuck with me. So now I'm doing it just out of uh, pure torture. No, no more free men's league. You don't get any more free. No, men's just league, just you know? free headaches. Just, yeah. <laughs> Kids and parents come to you. Hey, I need this wheel. I didn't get this. <laughs> yeah. If it's not wheels, it's playing time. If it's not playing time, it's you know why isn't my kid on this team? But no, I I, I joke, but I have I have a good program. My parents are actually so that's supportive. how you kind of got started into coaching. Everything is. Yeah, it's literally through through playing. So and when you moved to Arizona, mm-hmm. did you ever like have this? How did how did the outcast come about? How did you so there was oh god, this could be a whole podcast in itself. Um, yeah. so <laughs> when I was out there, this old for guys that have been around a long time, there was a uh, a brand called Gear. You remember Gear? You're from that era, Gear Roller Hockey. They owned the Chandler Sports Spectrum, which was the rink that I worked at. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a travel program called the Chandler Burn which was, you know, a really good regional um, program. A lot, of, a lot of my friends were, you know, guys that played in that travel program. They were a couple of years younger than me at the time while I was in college. Um, that rink kind of through normal things that happen with rinks, ownership changes, things happen. Uh, that changed, that rink closed. The year it closed, I was supposed to coach, like, the... Remember when they had A and B? Like, yeah. before there was yeah. AAA yeah. and AA and yeah. whatever... There was just, like, we all played six-pack or something. It was like, you played A or you played B. Like, that was what you were. I was supposed to coach a B team. So I was like, they're going to throw me a bone. Like, hey, you've been a good house league coach. We're going to throw you a B team. And then, I, you know, so I'm excited. I'm like, oh, I get to be a travel hockey coach. This is great. I had, there was a guy named Jeff Perot and uh, Jared Johnson. Jared? God, I'm good. My memory's getting bad. Jared Olson. That was his last name. Uh, those were the two, like, head coaches in the program. And I... Like, to me, at, like, 22 years old, I thought those two just walked on water. Like, I'd stand there and watch them coach and listen to the stuff they said and was like, you know, these guys are legends. Like, they know everything. Learned a lot from them, and they gave me this B team, and then the rink went under, like, right before the season started. So the team I was supposed to have, we just kind of, well, we still want to play tournaments, so we called ourselves the Chandler Blaze instead of the Burn and did our own team, and that kind of, that progressed. So, like, the next year it was a different name and then a different name. Uh, ended up over at, you remember Excalibur, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. So that was your that era. Was the that was the castle. Okay. So my rink was in Chandler, so a little geography, like Chandler's southeast valley of Phoenix. Uh, the castle was out in like central Phoenix. So when my rink closed the next year, my players and I went out to the castle because that was the next next nicest. It was actually the newer, nicer rink in town. Um, so I coached in Excalibur for a year with uh, my buddy Kyle Brayer, who uh, who passed away a few years ago, and uh, my buddy Reed Clark. Reed's younger brother was on an Excalibur 12 and under team that I coached with Kyle. The next year, those guys all said, hey, there's this other new rink closer where we all live. Let's just move our team over there. Uh-huh. So we did that. That team became Outcast, just out of giving the kids the choice of what name do you want. We were actually, I, I don't know if which came first in this. 
CCM at the time had a skate called the Outcast. You remember that they were like bright silver metallic looking. Okay. You remember yeah. like like I know yeah. that's your era there. Yeah, 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 I know exactly. I think what you're talking about. So through through my work at the hockey shop in town, CCM was like, you know, we'll we'll help your team out. We'll make your jerseys do something. I don't remember what it was, but they had a skate called the Outcast, and I think that's why the kids were like, we're gonna be called the Outcast. Yeah. It was gonna be another one season team, and it became like a two-season team and then a three-season team and then all of a sudden there was like some younger brothers of the players are like hey can we do a younger team you know five years later we have six teams ten years later we have 12 teams you know it's just one of those things kept snowballing pro team now pro team now but a lot of my pro guys came from that you know kind of that era of of when the outcast program went from a couple teams to a bigger program Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of where i got into your orbit you know a little bit Um, yeah definitely i think uh, i remember you you're coaching, it, it was, was it Mission Arizona or was it the Outcast at that time? So I never, Mission Arizona was kind of after Excalibur. So like a new rink opened in, uh, I don't even, I guess that was Phoenix. I don't know Is what city that. So it was the one that Winter Nationals used to be at, the yeah, Arizona yeah, Sports yeah. Complex. Yeah, yeah. So when that rink opened, um, Maxwell, Dan Maxwell kind of left over there. He was the guy running Excalibur, like he was the travel hockey director. He was the guy we all kind of coached under in, in the Excalibur program. He moved over to Arizona Sports Complex when it opened up, and that was the Arizona Stars. Yeah. So there was still Excalibur, there was Arizona Stars, and then I kind of, on the other side of town, I had my little outcast program that kept building up and building up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remember you coming out to Palladium, your team, you guys would come out, and we'd play you guys. But after we'd play you guys, for some reason, you're like, your team's so cool. Like, we want to <laughs> hang out with you yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was hanging out with, like, Nick Spin. Uh, yeah, Finesse. so that was, like, my 90s and 91s. Like, and that was really, kids. like, the nicest group of kids. Like, yeah. that was one of my favorite yeah, eras of, of the Yeah, me and my buddies were hanging out with literally half of your team, like, after our game. We probably just lost, and you guys were, like, we're, like, in the locker room, like, hey, what are you guys doing? We're 12. We're, like, <laughs> you want to hang out? Like, and we're, like, yeah. We're, like, this is, like, this is cool. And I don't know. It was just, like, kind of. That's where I remember first. Seeing you the the roller vibes were, you know, they're different back then than they are now, and not yeah. better or worse, just a different thing. But um, for us, it was exciting. Like we were traveling to Colorado to go play. You know, it's not a huge trip from Phoenix, right? But still, like we got on a plane and flew yeah, out there. Yeah. Guys got in the car and drove out to Colorado. So just and being that's out there, big too. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, so for our guys, it was like we just met these cool kids from Colorado. Like I remember at one point we were gonna have a like a team dinner or something. The kids were like we just want to go hang out with the Colorado guys. Can we do that instead? <laughs> we're like, yeah, go for it. Have fun. Yeah. I think all the parents and I went to dinner. The kids all went and hung out with uh, with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of a cool little era there, and then you guys started coming out to Phoenix and yeah, playing and yeah. stuff there. Oh, yeah. We used to bring our Stallions and Kodiak team down there. Yep, and yep. Always playing. You know, we'd fly. I remember playing at the Castle the first time um, and then going to the Green Room and playing Winter Nationals. There. Yep. And that was a, that was a cool ranks because I was like, Oh, that was one of my favorite ranks. I love those ranks. It was ranks. just so different because it was just it was literally green. It well, was, and that was one of the first places that did the, you know, the full glass. Like, it was before Silver Creek. Like, so that was, like, techno technology-wise, like, the coolest new rink. Like, yeah. they have these, these full glass. And I remember the first time we went there thinking, like, Puck's going to shatter that every time it hits it. And they're like, no, it's thick. You'll see. You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Joe. Joe, you want to get in on this podcast? Jump in here. Joe, Joe Cook just snuck into our podcast. He's yeah, crashing our for, uh, crashing our podcast. We're crashing anything. <laughs> Working out there? Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, I remember always seeing your teams down there in Arizona and, you know, coach, and that's kind of where, you know, some of our players and stuff, we started just, you know, either you guys were in a tournament and we jumped on your team, vice versa. Um, 
has kind of maybe come to wire. Coach of the year. We we had some uh, we had some kind of incestuous like. You guys had really good goalies, like really good. You Dwyer Sherwood, like they're, they're, Sherwood, was really Sherwood was unbelievably good yeah. back then, um, and a great kid too. Yeah. Um, and we had, you know, not that you guys didn't have great teams, you guys had extraordinary teams, but like we never had goalies. Mm-hmm. Like we had great, like '90s and '91s was that era. Like we had, I mean, there were some goalies, Clay Taylor, but he was out here playing with. Uh, I remember whatever the Labeda team was that Rob yeah. was coaching at the time, the Warriors. Um, so we didn't really have a lot of goalies. So at a certain point, there was like one more of you guys than there was teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think I nabbed Sherwood for a year, which I know like I, there was wanted posters with my face on it in Colorado for a few <laughs> years from that. Um, I think Bovey still just stares daggers through me every time he sees me. Uh, yeah. I love John. It's just staring at you. Yeah, I know. It's always watching. Uh <laughs> He's a good guy. He's actually a really good guy. Um, yeah, so that was, you know, that was kind of a big thing for us. Like, oh, we got Sherwood in net this year. Like, we might actually be able to compete. And that might have, like, given you a chance to play yeah, on a team yeah. that you might. So, who knows? Maybe that was good or bad. But, um, you know, we I think at a certain point we started getting, like, some crossover players. Like, yeah. we started doing more, like, regional teams. Like, thinking about, like, hey, if we had, like, that was my Outcast 92s, right? Yeah. Was couple kids from Phoenix, uh, Mikey Rivera and Oliver from uh, El Paso. Okay, yeah. Had Wesley, uh, Wesley Cumson from Wesley from Colorado. Yeah. Um, I feel like we had one other. Oh, and then maybe Sherwood at the same time. Yeah. So it's like, but, you know, and then maybe one kid from California. So, like, that was a true, like, regional team. Like, that was kind of the best couple guys from, from El Paso and a guy from Colorado and, you know, Kind of, kind of how, like, that Team USA thing came Yeah, kind of that same. Well, and that's how it all came together, right? Yeah. Was, I think, Wesley, yeah, Wesley uh, came to us from Rivera, who played with him on Team USA, like the Southwest Team USA team, the USARs or whatever they were playing then for, like, 14 and under or something. Yeah. So, like, those kind of teams created the opportunity for guys to make friends and all of a sudden be like, hey, why don't you come play on this team with us over the summer? Which is great, but also just, you know, being on the wrong end of that, it sucks. Like, all of a sudden, you're, one of your best guys goes and jumps on a team with all the best guys from somewhere else, and you're left standing there going, well, my team's not as good as it used to be, and that team's going to smoke us all the time. Yeah. So, like, in retrospect, knowing what I know now, like, as cool as that was back then, now I think about it, like, all of us used to do that, and I think it kind of destroyed some markets. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, it was a fun time. Yeah. Like, it, it was... You're there, you, you play hockey to win. Yeah. And you're building teams to win. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, and we, we all had to come out here and play in California against teams that they, you know, every team was as good as our stacked team we could make out of four exactly, states. Yeah. And that was just to be able to scrape by and, and not get shellacked by a Southern California team. Yeah. And they're, I mean, because they're always playing. They have such a bigger, I mean, population. Yeah. Well, the, the too, pool so. and, and 20 different ranks at the time. Oh, and yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was a whole different world. But it, it was, uh, you know, kind of how, how Colorado, so. You and I were talking about this a minute ago before we started the pod. My one of my first Colorado hockey experiences was a Winter Wars. I actually just saw this. I was cleaning my garage out the other day and I found the trophy from it. That's awesome. It was like you know the trophies now were awesome. Like this was like the tackiest. Like it was all plat, like clear plastic. It looked like ice or something. Um, but I still had that trophy and I was looking back at the year of it. Jeez, I, I am old. I've been doing this. <laughs> oh, I don't. I want to say what year it was. Let's put it this. I'll let you do the math. Ninety twos were. Second year U14s at the time. Okay. So that was that was that was a bit ago. Yeah, it's like 
Yeah. I'm too tired to do yeah. the math. It's yeah. second day into a long tournament. I can't do math <laughs> yet. Um, but that was, uh, I think I knew you at the time a little bit. Um, and then we knew Wesley yeah. through Mikey. And I remember Wesley telling me there's this goalie in Colorado that you've got to see. He's, 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 he's a year younger than me. He's a 93 because Wesley was a 92, right? Yeah, he was a 92. Yeah. He's like, he's a year younger than me, but he's, he's unbelievably good. you got to see this kid play. So he, he was, uh, I'm going to try to remember my team's Dynamite. Yep, dynamite. Dynamite. Exactly. All right, they're, 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 they're gonna love that. Dude, my boys Kyle and CJ are gonna love that you said dynamite. Maybe not Kyle because he didn't really play too much on there, but CJ didn't like that. So I remember just watching. Uh, so is does that mean those guys are all ninety threes, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Phelps. Yeah, um, Phelps is a ninety three. Yes, Bateman's a ninety three, and so is Dwyer. Yes. Okay. So. And Wesley's a ninety two. So we watched. So I. Th- I don't think they were in our division. So Kevin must have been playing in like a 93 Winter Wars team. But I went and watched all his games, and they were like, you know, at the worst time. It was like the, the, the game slot where we could have gone somewhere. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to go watch this kid play. And he was phenomenal. Actually, first game, Kevin, I hope, Kevin, if you remember this, you were absolute dog shit the first game I watched. All yellow pads? Oh, yeah, it was all yellow pads. All yellow but pads. Wesley, I think Wesley talked him up, like, you got to watch him play. And I'm pretty sure he probably told Kevin, like, this guy's going to come watch you play. And, and he was just dog shit. <laughs> he got absolutely lit up. And I remember, like, I got introduced to him after the game. And I think Kevin said something along the lines of, like, that was not my best game. I did not play very, you know, even back then, like, I'm yeah. sure his voice doesn't sound like it does yeah, now. Yeah. But I just, in, yeah. internally in my head, it's still, like, his Jeez, adult voice. <laughs> Not a good game. Not a, that not a good game for me. Uh, and he, you know, you could come back watch my next one, and he was phenomenal the next game, and then phenomenal the next game after that, and uh, that he became our '92 goalie after that. Um, as a '93, as a '93, played played with uh, you know, fast forward a decade later, reunites with a lot of those same guys on our pure team that were on that '92 team back then. Yeah. So kind of crazy how things will go full full circle sometimes. Yeah, we're you know we're like what twelve years old hanging out with your team, and now. I'm old, hanging out with a podcast with you, man. It's uh, pretty unreal how that does come full circle. So it, it, that's one of the things I love about the sport is like people you meet, like people I met today. Like I met, I started coaching a new team of sixteen-year-old yeah. uh, U16s guys that are entered under this as the Aces. I think we're gonna call them Conics O Threes uh, after this. I'm still learning everyone's name, but like they're a good group of kids and they listen and they work hard and they're yeah. skilled. And I was thinking about that, like. Five, seven years from now, who knows what this this introduction of meeting those guys, where what that's going to mean to me seven years from now. Yeah. And that's kind of how, how this sport works is you, you meet a bunch of people, you you make friends, you make contacts, and, and it's crazy to think ten years later like how that, that'll swing back around again. Um, so when you started, kind of funny thing, when you started this podcast, or when you started Roller Dad News, like I knew you were doing it through Kevin because yeah. we, we talk all the time, and you I think you and I chat once in a while. Yeah. So I kind of I knew you were doing it, and and I like you know I loved what you were doing. I think Kevin Smith and I were super excited about it. Like this is what the sport needs. Like Everyone finally, thought it actually was Kevin Smith. Yeah, but that time. was hilarious. So that's yeah. where I was going with this. Is so like as you started kind of getting the attention of of people in the industry, um, you know, I'd get a text. Like I think I got a text from like text or an email from Tommy near admission. Like, do you know who does the Roller Dad News thing? I'm like, oh yeah, Skid Robbie. I'll give you his number. You know, and then like through over the next three or four months, like just yeah. random people be like trying to figure out who you were, yeah. <laughs> like who's the guy behind behind the social media channel, and everyone did think it was Kevin Smith. 100%. Like they were a hundred percent sure it was Kevin Smith, 
and I don't think like Kevin dissuaded anyone from thinking it was him, but he never really said it was. I rem- I think at one point he's like, "Should we tell people it's Robbie?" I'm like, "Yeah, like why?" Why would he's like, "I don't know. I don't know if he wants to like yeah. not have people know it's him." Um, so it's cool for me to see you take this and actually do what you're doing with it, and to see guys internationally, like to talk to guys in the UK and like you know, a couple guys I know there, they're like. Oh, did you hear the Roller Dad News podcast the other day? Like they're waiting. Like they're probably more into it than the American guys. Hundred percent. Because they, this is their way to kind of get a, a window into hockey, what's American going on hockey, here. Yeah, and yeah. hockey in general too. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I, I think at some point you're gonna have to do a Euro tour. I think, I think it's so. it's coming. I have, uh, I have some cool ideas I want to do. You know, it's just all about finding the time, money. But I can. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Like getting out there and just there's uh, there's so much there is so much drawer out there with. You know, with the France, UK, Spain, just all of them. It's it's amazing. It, it's you know, it reminds me. I was there two years ago. Um, Aldrich, McDonald, Spin. Um, you spent there this summer too. Do a camp. Yeah, we were in the yeah. UK this summer. I went out went out to France to see Aldi and Mac and those guys a few years ago, and kind of got a taste of like what the sport is like in France and and a couple different like Mac was playing couple hours away from where Aldi and those guys were playing in Paris so I kind of got to go to two like a big metro area for roller and like a little tiny town where Mac was playing in and like the energy in both buildings was like equally the same which was crazy um but the sport has a little bit more of a feel there of like what it did in the early 2000s here where it's still kind of new and people are still kind of trying to you know and it's not new obviously game's been around there but like it's building some popularity. It's kind of building its own, its own like body out there. hundred percent. And, and it's different than our hockey here and it's not like better hockey or worse hockey, but it's different. Yeah. Some of the rinks guys play on like the, the rink that Mac was practicing on like two thirds of it was just a wall, just the brick wall in a gym. And then there's like kind of two thirds boards. Yeah. Like you, you take a bunch of uh, West coast kids and tell them this is where you're playing hockey. And they would go, not playing there yeah where's the tile where's the boards <laughs> these the board french board. kids and french pro guys like they don't care they're just there's a puck there's a floor they got a stick that that's a pro game that's getting played right now yeah so it is it's a little bit different vibe yeah it's you know we're we're a little spoiled here like we have we have some rinks that you know maybe aren't perfect but when you see what some guys are playing on in other places it's it's, it's a lot better a lot better than you think yeah 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 no as you say that i was actually as people know i'm Brutal with last names and names in general. I suck. I'm not going to get it right. But I was talking to Alicia Pogu. Yep. 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 You yep. got it. So I was talking to her parents. Uh-huh. And uh, he was uh, I was talking to her dad about the French League. He loves it. And he was telling me how the Copa de France and the Sparta Cup. Are yep. Just, he's, he loves that type of hockey. And he was just, like you said, he was just telling me it's kind of new. It's exciting there. And it's a different atmosphere feel. So, yeah, he was telling me. You gotta get out there and see that and experience it because it's it's something different than what it what is here. You know, it could have been like that back in the day, but it's still pumping like that there. So, the, so I if if we open this door of the room we're in right now and we just listen to this game that's getting played twenty feet from us, you hear a couple parents like ooh, you know, like yeah. just just random noise yelling of parents. You go watch a game in France. There's chance the entire game. I I kid you not, Robbie. Watching Max game. In this one rink, um, and I, I, you're bad with names. I'm terrible with cities. I can't even tell you where I live. Um, whatever town this was, 
They beat a drum the entire game. The entire game, a drum just got beat. Boom, 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 boom. And we're in this little tiny building, and it's like the ceilings are low, and you're all kind of packed in there, and my head is just ringing. And they're just this guy just beats this drum the entire game, and they're chanting the entire game. Like here, it's quite it's like church while we're playing out yeah. here. There, it is a party while they're playing. So, so it, it it is it's a different vibe. I don't were you I can't remember were you out for West finals last year? Did you uh, come out to Irvine or no? No, I, I didn't remember. make it out there. I had that stupid plane that's situation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I remember this. So what there was there was a friend uh, a French team French youth program that came out and they were awesome. They they it's cool to watch those kids like be at Irvine for the first time like. Oh my gosh! Such a cool ring. Yeah, look at this place. Like they've seen it on video, yeah. so it's like you know they've seen like a Narch video with you know like a drone footage of it, and then games, and they're you know like so they walked in that building. You tell their eyes were just huge. Like our yeah. kids walk in, they're like, oh, we're playing at Irvine. We got to play at Rink Three at back of the rink. I don't want to. These kids are like, oh my god, we're at this rink. Yeah. Uh, the, what that France team that was there was just cheering the entire time, and like the American parents were just rattled. Like you could tell they're like, do they ever shut up? Like, da, 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 da. I'm thinking, like, isn't this cool, like, how excited these people are? Yeah. They're not yelling about a ref. They're not yelling that their kid didn't back check. They're just cheering their team on the whole yeah. time. So it is. It's a different vibe. Yeah. No, it's the passion, too. That's yes, what you need. exactly. Like, you need those fans, and that's what legitimizes the sport to bring in more fans. Yes. You know what I mean? You, when you have that type of people there and enthusiastic about it, it's like, oh, maybe we should go check out this game because these people are having a great time, you know? And, yeah, I think that's... They, and that's also, it's in, that's might be their only type of thing in that country or in that little city too. So yeah. literally yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where, like Friday Night Lights, you know, football Exactly. Where, where Mac was playing, uh, you know, legitimately like the, his game was over at like eight. I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? And he's like, oh, the pub's open for like another hour. <laughs> you know, it's like we went and yeah. had a pint at the pub, yeah. you know, in the little town. He was like champagne country or whatever. We went and had a, you know, a pint at that pub. And like by 10 o'clock, that was it. Like the town was pretty much shut down. <laughs> the village, I should, I shouldn't even call it a town. That's giving it too much respect. Like it was a yeah. village. It was just a tiny little place. That's funny. But it was cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, probably a great experience going out there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and for a lot of these guys, it's funny listening to a lot of these like, 20, 22-year-old, like, younger kids are like, I want to go out and play in France, and you see some of them go out there, and it's, like, kind of the opposite of what the French guys thought when they came here. Like, the, the, the American guys think it's pro roller hockey out there, and they yeah. get out there, and they're like, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And it's not to say that it's not great hockey and it's not a pro experience, because it is, but it, it, it's it's a different type of hockey. And, and when you're an American kid that doesn't know the language and, and isn't, you know, not not to bag a kid for not knowing French culture, but like, you know, if you, you get out there and you're just like, Hey, I'm an American. I'm going to plop myself in here. You're probably going to be pretty bored. You're probably going to run out of things to do and be excited about. But then there's other guys that get there and embrace it. Like, you know, Benny Hay. yeah, Benny happy. and, and you know, PJ, you oh, know, PJ is more French than he's American yeah, at this point. Um, uh, it might've been, I don't, I'm not sure. Did he? Um, he, he was a couple of the nights I was there. We hung out with him. Um, that's his town. Like, oh, I, sure. I, I absolutely got that vibe. Yeah. Um, at, at, at least at the pub we were at, it He's was his pub. Yes, he is. Uh, so it, it is. It's kind of a whole whole different world. But I think the guys that get over there and kind of thrive from it, like like Amac Alex McDonald's back in Spain now. He's you know he was playing in France when he was like seventeen. I think he was there two or three different times. And now he's in Spain. Like that's a guy that just like he wants to go experience another culture. Like the hockey's great for him, but. He wants to go out there and experience a culture and, you know, and meet people and see how life is there. Like, he's absorbing it. Like, he'll try to learn the language. Not well, but he'll try to learn it. 
um, you know, so it's if you're going to go over there, like you, you kind of got to go over there and and just kind of get with it. But if you go over there and want it to be America and want it to be everything you're used to and want to be able to get the same food you get and the same fast food, whatever, it's no, it's a different different place. Yeah. Well, I don't want to transition to kind of like what we're talking about, but you are the coach of ASU. Yep. Now you've been co- coaching in. How long have you been coaching the NCRHF in college? So um, that that kind of that started with. Uh, you know Alex Dote. Do you know? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I I'm sure you guys yeah, yeah, have, yeah. have interacted. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Dote, I, I don't even want to say help. That's the wrong word. Dote and I coach together, right, yeah. um, and we've been doing that with Outcast forever. Um, it, it's a very complimentary. Uh, Dote is a very scientific hockey coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, he's a professor by profession. He teaches, uh, and he teaches hockey probably just as good if, you know, I'm sure he teaches philosophy better than he teaches hockey because it's a lot harder, but... Um, Alex and I complement each other really well. You know, where where my strengths maybe aren't as good, his are, and you know where he just wants to concentrate on the game. I'm a little more you know worrying about everyone's feelings and making sure that you know so so and so isn't bent out of shape about their playing time or get you know get the boys going or whatever it is. So we complement each other very well, and we've we've been coaching outcasts together forever. And yeah, um, we see it in you know your team pictures. Yeah, and and he is you know he he deserves. 51% of all the credit for everything that, that Outcast teams have accomplished because realistically I, I give him that credit because without cool. without him I couldn't have done it by myself forever and, and just he, like I said he brings a different different dynamic to the coaching strategy. So um, Alex was again like not a guy that grew up playing travel hockey. This was this was a guy that at like 17, 18 years old started playing tournaments and uh, want, was at ASU. He's an incredibly intelligent, probably one of the smartest people I know. Um, not just smart, intelligent people I know. Uh, he wanted to have a college roller hockey team, and uh, one of my other buddies, Reed Clark, had started it. And Alex was there the next year, and you know, said, "I'm I'm going to keep this going." And Alex just kind of, just like you have to do in roller to make things happen. Sometimes yeah. you just don't give up. Mm-hmm. You're like, "I lost three guys. I only have two left. I'm going to go find three other guys. So we have five again, and we can play this season." And he did that over a couple of years. And at a certain point, he's like, "Hey, we're kind of legitimately a team now. Like, we're going to try to go to nationals. We should probably have a coach. Do you want to?" You know, do you want to come help out? And I, you know, it's at this point in my in my life, I'm a youth hockey coach. I'm like, I have to, can I coach at this level? Do I? You were know, you still coaching B, or were you? No. So this was at this point. This was just me coaching Outcasts, and that okay. was that was okay. it. Um, and I don't think I had coached anything older than maybe 16 and under at that oh, point, okay. maybe 18s at the most. Um, so you know, kind of just got used to coaching college to that. Coached Alex's uh, team through the three, I think three years left that he had at that point. Once he graduated. You know, like like a good roller hockey grassroots guy did, said, well, just because I graduated, like I want to keep this going. I just put a lot of my time and energy into this, and uh, to his credit, Alex has kept that ASU program going. So he, you know, for all intents and purposes, he is the head coach. I am I am the guy coaching with him. He runs that program. He facilitates that program, um, and just like Outcast, like we both have our roles in it. Um, I try to you know try to pick up slack where he can't. He picks up slack where I can't. Um, and it's been an unbelievably fun time. College is so cool because it's a generation of guys come through. So, you know, you, you and it's not everyone at once. It's not like youth where everyone's together and then they age out. It's like you get guys for three or four years and, and the Amazing dynamic. People. Right, and the dynamic changes. Yeah. So, you know, who comes in as a freshman. Um, we have a kid named Ian Bast who came to us as a freshman. Um, he was a goalie for ice hockey and a, skated out for roller, showed up as a freshman. We had no idea who he was. He was 
I think one of the first freshmen to make our D1 team. He's a senior this year, and he, like watching him, I was thinking about this last weekend, watching the dynamic of him coming in as a freshman and just kind of being a little wisecracker freshman to all of a sudden he's just a little wisecracker senior. But you know he's had to kind of play a bunch of different roles throughout that. It's cool to watch those dynamics and how the team changes from year to year to year based on who comes in and who comes out. Yeah. Because um, it, it, like you said, they're not in college. You're not like sticking with each other for the age group. Right. It's, so not, you have people yep. fluttering in, you got, fluttering out. You got some out. guys. Uh, you remember Jeff Dorsch? Oh, yeah, Stallions. So, yeah, yeah Stallions, the Jeff. Colorado guy. So, yeah. like, Dorch came in, and he was, you know, we were pretty excited for him back then. Oh, you know, this, yeah, he played for a year. Um, th- This was, you know, years ago. Yeah. Played for a year. Like, oh, this is a good guy. He's going to be here for a couple years. Like, he'll make us stronger. And then, like, he didn't come back to school the next year. So, it's like you never really yeah, know, you, know. you know. And then a few years later, we end up with Ryan Cotton, who, you know, it was a phenomenally good hockey player. We had yeah. no idea he was going to show up at ASU. He just randomly was there, and he played. His, his brother plays... He's got two brothers, and I and I'm gonna be really bad at knowing where they are right now, but they're playing high levels of ice hockey somewhere. Boston College. Yeah, Boston College for one of them. Yeah, yeah, same con. There's three of them. Um, They, uh, you know, having Cotton there like changed the whole dynamic of the team for the four years he was there. You know, now we've got a big six foot three guy that can play pro roller hockey level and can be the top of the power play and be a lockdown defenseman. And you know, he doesn't show up for those four years. Our team's completely different for four years. Yeah. So it's it's always a different dynamic. We're kind of hitting a good stride right now. We've got a bunch of uh, ASC. I think the Arizona College system is is working some things to get a lot of out of state guys. Looking at the amount of roller hockey talent that's coming, not just at ASU, but you got Jaden Guzman up at NAU. Yeah. Um, I know like some of my outcast kids, a bunch of them are going to end up at NAU next year. I'm hoping they they you know don't go play. D7 ice hockey and actually just go play, uh, you know, my hope is they make yeah. the higher ice hockey team. Yeah. If they don't, my hope is they just go play roller. I mean, what, what, who wouldn't want to play on a team with Jaden Guzman for three years? Like, you know, that's, you're going to learn a lot. You're not, I learn a lot too. you're, you're going to rotate three guys instead of four because he is not coming off the floor ever, Jaden, ever. You never come Gas off the floor. I don't know how it's full. It's always full for him. Um, but, you know, so you get Jaden at NAU, GCU's putting together a good college program. That's a school that, you know... Hey, don't they have a, uh, like, a roller rink outdoor there? Yeah, they have an outdoor rink the Coyotes like, built for them. It's, yeah. you know, it's middle of the summer, not going to be any fun. But, like, right now, so if we sick. were in Phoenix right now, it's an outdoor, full rink, you know, sport court, the whole nine yards, right yeah. on their campus. Um, you know, ASU has has a bunch of guys, like I said, coming in. we got a bunch of Southern California kids that, that are making their way out to ASU. And, and even uh, U of A is, you know, starting to build up. They, Kevin yeah. Smith is over there coaching that now. Uh, with a kid named Jack Allen, who's actually uh, 96. Yeah, Jackson 96. He might randomly end up at ASU next year. That's a whole different story. <laughs> but they've been, you know, those two are coaching in, and that's two guys that grew up playing, grew up and then played college roller, and then aren't playing college roller, so they're coaching college roller. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's how giving back to the sport keeps things going. So college for ASU is great, but seeing the greater, like, Arizona college scene, when, when we started, it was us and U of A, and U of A sometimes had a competitive team, sometimes doesn't. We now have four schools in Arizona. Like, we almost could have a region. Nice. Yeah. You know, and, and, right? yeah, and we had the Colorado guys came out and played mm-hmm. uh, the D2 event that was at our home rink. Um, I think Nevada, team from Nevada came out. So we're kind of building this region back up again, which That's is kind of cool. cool. That's cool. Do you, um, so playing, what is ASU? Are they, they're a D1 squad, right? So, yeah, the league's kind of gone through a little metamorphosis the last few years of, you know, it used to be, and, and for guys that don't know this, like, I have to explain this to guys that ask, like, 
you know, what is this school? Can I go to that school? Do they have a D1 team? How come they are a D3 team? Um, the way the league's kind of set up now, um, D1 is a, a declaration. So it's almost like if it's to give it a tournament roller comparison, if you say, I want to go play platinum, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully, you know, that's the, the hope is always that everyone's push themselves and play at the highest level, whether they win or not, as long as they're competitive, that's how you get better. So the league changed their format to basically saying, if you want to declare D1, do it. If we think maybe you need to play D1 and you're not doing it, like you go and win D2 or you win D2 three or four times or whatever, you get told, hey, you know, you, you are competitive enough, your school has the longevity to keep a program going, uh-huh. you you need to go play D1 because that's, that's where a school like that should go. The majority of us in that division um, that, are, that are still there now um, – Lindenwood, you know, will have teams till, you know, till the apocalypse. Um, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully still have food. Uh, team, sorry, Joe, Joe walks and asks me if I want food. All right. He knows I have no attention span. I've been that on purpose. All right. Now the league is set up in a manner where you can just declare, yep. I want to play D1. I'm going to play D2. Hold on. Pause that again. My game is about to start. Is that what you're trying to tell me? For pro? Oh, my 16s. Black and white Conics jerseys? I don't know. There's a kid in blue right there. All right. So So I'll just start where where I just started. I'll just start over that. We good? Yep, we're good to go. All right. So the dynamic now is you basically, you declare, I'm playing D1, and that's where your team sits. The, The basic staples of that D1 league or that D1 division, Lindenwood, Michigan State, us, like we're, we're teams that are always going to play at that level. That's our goal, whether or not we're playing for fifth place out of six or sixth place out of six, or, you know, this is the year we can give somebody a run, whatever it is. Like, I think the majority of us in that division, that's just our goal every year. And if, yeah. if we're strong enough to play it and compete, we do. If we're barely strong enough to play and compete, we do, because we know as long as we keep doing it, we're going to keep drawing in those, those players and, and for ASU's end, like I know there are guys like Peter Dale sent me the college, college camp yeah. list the other day. I was going through it to look at one of the things he shows you is, you know, what schools are they interested in? And it like made me super happy to see like the majority of them were just listing like all the D one schools, cool. you know, like my, you know, not maybe every single one of them, but like, you know, within a region, like I want to go play at ASU or, you know, my hope is to play at Lindenwood or, you know, I I'd, I'd want to go to either Bethel or Michigan state or, you know, whatever it might be. So kids are kind of making some some future life plans based on where they would like to play. Pretty awesome. It is. Um, you know, it, it makes for a different dynamic at nationals because now it's not a, you know, I think at one point there was like a 20-team D1 bracket. We're now down to like somewhere between six and eight, mm-hmm. and that's probably where it'll stay for a while. But it means every game matters. Um, when it was 20 teams, it just, you know, you were more worried about where your pooling was because you were going to have to come out and play crossover against so-and-so and you want to make sure you avoid this pool till then. Now it's just like, it's like a platinum tournament for, for travel hockey. Like every game is going to matter. Yeah. You know, you cough one up, it's going to cost you. You win a big one, it's going to help you. If you don't, you know, vice versa. So that that D1 is kind of its own, just like platinum is for, for NARCH or AAA is for State Wars. Like that's up here, but kind of the meat and potatoes is down in that AA level. And for College Roller, that's where D2 sits now. And, you know, there is some talented teams in D2 that could probably play and compete with D1 teams. I mean, we we had a game against 
the, the five-man NAU squad with, with Guzman and, and Scott and some other guys, we played them one game, kind of mopped them, but they had played four games and were exhausted. We played them fresh the next morning, and they took us to overtime. Um, you know, so there, there are teams in that D2 division that can play with any of the D1 teams. So that division, I think, is a little even more exciting at this point. Like, I'm a little curious who's going to win that and how that's yeah. going to look at Nationals. Like, D1, we, like, we all kind of know, okay, this team has this guy, this team has this guy. You got to do this to beat them. Hopefully we can beat them. D2 is going to be really interesting. I'm kind of excited to see that at Nationals. That'd be interesting. So what is your, uh, I guess, let's just take one for now. Obviously, ASU, um, you want ASU to win, but... Well, the I mean the fa- right now you're Who's looking at I mean you're looking at, at at Farmingdale defending a championship from last year. Having um, Joey Decade on their team, having, having Joey D, having Max, having um, you know the guys they had before the supporting you know those two get a lot of credit and they should they're phenomenal hockey players. I, I feel like maybe some of those other guys at Farmingdale don't get the credit they deserve. Like you know, Max and Joey are incredibly hard to play against, and so you're so focused on them, but the the four or five and six guy behind them yeah. are still threats and they're still good and they're, you know, they still work their butts off. So, you know, it's not just about two guys. That's, that's a complete program. And, and Jim Tamarillo's done a tremendous job with those guys. Um, so I, I still put them as being the favorites to win. Um, you know, not being out there, like to see some of these games, like you look at the scores afterwards and you're like, yeah. how did that just happen? Is the pre rock that good this year? Yeah. And then you just never know, like who is there, who's not, who's on this team. And, and, being out on the West Coast, like some names we just don't know. So it, we were supposed to go out to Illinois and play an interregional where we could have seen a lot of this. And unfortunately, our flights got canceled. There was a storm. We didn't get to go. Um, and that's hurting us because now, yeah. you know, now we're going in blind. You know, we haven't yeah. really, we haven't really played a, a competitive game all year long. Um, so having to go out there and all of a sudden get thrown to the wolves is going to be interesting uh, this this April in, in Florida. But you know, that's kind of that is what it is. You just got to deal with it. Yeah. So I, I would I would say right now this is probably one of the one of the only years where if you ask me who's gonna win, I, I don't know. I mean I, I really do think all of us in that D one division should be looking at this like, hey, I'm I'm one game away, one good game away from you know being in the final four and maybe being in that championship game this year. So my hope is everyone comes with their game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is cool. I'd much rather I think everyone. Other than maybe Lindenwood, who had a dynasty, I'm sure they wouldn't want to see it that way. But they're good enough hockey players that I think they that program probably respects good competition more than they do. Just I think they'd rather go have to earn a win than go get a win just because they're better than everyone. So it, it'll be a fun year. I think it'll be a really fun year. Definitely. Well, good luck to you guys. Thank uh, you. You know, Nationals. Uh, transitioning gears, we are here at Winter Wars, State Wars Winter Wars. We're in yep. the Palmer Pro Division. You being the head coach of Connacht, you know. I see, like, kind of what we were talking about earlier, some of those kids kind of developed into the place where the Connacht Superior Pro team. Yep. You know, how do you how do you get these kids that come back every year? You have such a tight-knit group that are loyal to you. They are committed to you. And, you know, you do see that in Roller, but it is hard to find. But you see that, especially with Connacht, is like, hey, this is our team, this is our core, and you guys are literally, you guys aren't moving around. It's That's who it is, and you guys have been like that. And it's not like you guys have funding like just coming in. <laughs> no we are we are so, roller how, hockey is not contrary to what everyone believes none none of us are living in mansions and driving exactly. fancy cars we're you know we're all working our butts off in this industry and uh so how do you get them to keep coming back to you you know they, they're coming back for themselves i mean they're coming yeah. back for me and i and i love them yeah. for it but they're coming back for each other and i think that's something you built though 
Yes, and that and that's that's something that you know. Again, I, I give credit to those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the pro, I know like Joe Cook's alkali teams the same way. Like those oh, those guys cannot wait to see each other every summer. Um, okay. You know, that's that's part of the draw for them. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants to go win, but part of it for them is I get to see my boys. And for us, it's kind of the same thing. Like we we grew up as a regional team where everyone kind of lived in the same areas, and now we've got. And we had Kyle Aldrich out in Cayman Islands. He's he's back now, which is going to be huge for us to not just get him for a month a year. Um, but you know, we've got McDonald's over in Spain. We've got uh, Ryan that's that's over in France. Um, got Waring that's in college. Got uh, Tanner Tui who works in Boston. Like you know, our guys are everywhere now. Um, that's that's yeah. Got got Dwyer in Colorado. So you know, everyone kind of grew up and and unfortunately turned into a responsible adults yeah. and. You know, even here, like even at home, like we had guys that had to miss their Friday games. Like, I, you know, Abe's couldn't get off work. Yeah. You know, like I'm an adult. Roller hockey's fun, but this is my job. Like I still got to show up on Monday. So it's a challenge. I know it's a challenge for everyone. Um, this tournament was a challenge just in, for whatever reason, it was a bad weekend for a lot of guys. Um, I didn't get really anyone that jumped on a plane to fly out here and play with us. So yeah. we, we kind of had, I think, four of our normal players. We had Aldrich, Newens, Linder, Tui. Uh, and Swanson, I think, are like for our summer team. Those, core team. yeah, that's yeah. that's what we have out of the ten guys. That's the five we had yeah. here, and and we have Robinson and Net, who you know we love to have Dwyer, but it's great when Dwyer's not here to know Charlie's here to know that it stands on the yeah team. to know that you're not just throwing somebody with pads in net, you're throwing somebody in net that legitimately you know if Kevin's not here, all right, this is our goalie, we're yeah. playing, we're we're in good we're in good hands with with Chip and Net. Yeah, and he's been, he's been with you guys for a while, too. He's been playing with you So, guys. Charlie's another one that, that we can... And, and it helped that Kevin Dwyer played with Charlie at, at Lindenwood as they're going, you know, Charlie was, was their D3 goalie at the time. And, yeah. and I remember Kevin telling me, you've got to watch this kid play. Because I think at that point, Dwyer was aging out of juniors, and I still had guys that were kind of junior age. And I was like, oh, what are we going to do for a goalie after you age out? And he's like, you got to watch this Robinson kid that's on our D, D3 Lindenwood team. Like, I'm telling you, he's legit. Uh, and he wasn't wrong. You know, yeah. five years later, he's still not wrong. Standing on his head. Stand, out there standing on his head, and, and it helps that he's a great guy. Yeah. And it helps that also he runs he runs our social media, so if there's, you know, he, he does a really good job with it, and it's cool to have somebody that, you know, that's running your social media who also understands the things that you're talking about because he's on the same team if you're talking about the pro team or he knows the product because he plays. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to have that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, going into – so – with your new wheel coming out, yeah, Purex. Purex kind of uh, actually about. kind of hit stores, not like an album dropping, but they arrived in stores last week on the fifteenth. Was kind of our our official release date. Gave us enough time to get them in the stores and stuff and put them online. Yeah, so let's talk about that. You have so you had the names the attachion tachyon tachyon that came out kind of a little late last year i would say so i give you kind of a little little inside baseball to because we did we kind of had a whole line line change a wholesale line change most of our our whole line if we want to put it in hockey terms um our our line for the last few years had been like the white pure wheel that i think everyone's kind of come to know um and then we have you know kind of a whole slew of of price point wheels and stuff down below we all you know in the tournament world we all just think of the high-end wheel of, of each of brand, yeah. but there are, you know, we, we are, if you take the sport and put it as a, you know, as a triangle there, this is just the tip of that triangle. The majority of people playing the sport are not here at State Wars. They're not at Narch. They're not Absolutely. at Tours. They're in their Monday night leagues, their youth league, their pickup hockey. 
and those are our customers. I mean, the, you come to a tournament and two thirds of these guys know somebody that works for a wheel company, so they're you know, they're get, or yeah. their team's got a deal or whatever. Yeah. The, the general public is, you know, the, the people playing in a men's league in Ohio on a Tuesday night, and yeah. those, you know, those are the people that that buy our our product and everybody else's product. So we have this line of wheels with multiple different price points, and the pure was has been our staple. Um, some exciting things happened for us in the last few years and that um, we've got one skate line alkali that's using our, our wheels at the t- at the moment um, and another one that hopefully we'll be able to talk about in the next few months um, those those bring a new dynamic to us as a wheel company like now we have to think about some things when we started conics uh, it was originally a direct sale brand we weren't our model was you know kind of the dollar shave club model like we're not gonna go in stores we're just gonna sell this direct and we learned pretty quick that that was a little too ambitious for us because it's a really big sport. And how do you get the guy that plays Tuesday nights in Ohio to know about your direct sale wheel? You can only talk about it on Instagram if that guy's following you. You can only throw it on Facebook if that guy's looking for you and follows you. So uh, when the opportunity to jump into retail came for us, uh, we kind of jumped at it at that point because we had been, you know, kind of running against uh, against the grain there for a while trying to build up the direct sale thing so it happened at the right time. But that pure wheel was based on direct sale. And, and one of the things in testing that wheel originally, that you know, kind of the story to that wheel is what tested best for us was a pure urethane that had no coloration in it. it we saw a noticeable difference in durability and some other things. And that's what we went with. But the one thing that we got warned about uh, from our production is natural urethane will discolor under you know UV lights and things like that. Yeah. And we just went, oh, you know, we're direct sale. It goes in a box and they put it on their skates. Well, now we're on skates in stores and those yeah. skates sit up on a wall and those wheels now sit up on a wall and that wheel sits under bright. You think about retail is just all UV lights now. Yeah, Everything's yeah, well lit and that light just yellows natural urethane. So um, we kind of knew as we went to hit skates that we were going to have to make some changes to this line or else we're going to have a lot of yellow wheels sitting yeah. you know, on walls of, of stores, and nobody wants that. We want, you know, the Pure is a nice, bright, white-looking wheel, and we yeah. needed that. And it so matches we, with everything. And too. it matches with everything. So we, we kind of went through, how are we going to do this? Um, how are we going to create a wheel that's going to work for this? Um, so middle of summer, we kind of knew we were going to transition out of that white Pure. So we took our Tachyon wheel, which, which was a little bit different formulation, but built on the same thing as the Pure. Um, and that became kind of our, our one of two dual pour wheels. So we, instead of one high end wheel, we'll have two now and the tachyon will be kind of our, our second high end. And, and then we need to develop a new high end wheel, you know, kind of a follow up to the pure. But now I'm looking at, uh, an alkali skate line that, you know, I'm seeing pictures of the boots and, and concepts that Joe Cook's showing us and they were amazingly you know amazingly done like the graphics looked great they got this this bright blue color on it that you know kind of is new in the sport and thinking how are we gonna you know gotta do a wheel that's gonna look good on this skate so i i kind of threw as a target i want to make a bright blue wheel that's gonna really pop on that revel one skate and and make that you know have a wheel that's worthy of that boot because it it is an amazingly comfortable and and really good boot so that that was six eight months of us tweaking different because again that pure urethane that we use that urethane formula for the original so pure. So you have to change. Everything so we had we had to get, well I mean I mean it's what what it was more anything is hey the durability has been kind of our staple yeah. um, and I need to be able to have a wheel that is as durable or better than what we had because if I change this everybody everybody is going to want that wheel and if we go away from it 
what's going to happen. So whatever follows it up is going to need to be as good or better, and, and better is, is the goal. Yeah. So a bunch of testing and, a, and you know, six, eight months. We, we're actually, Charlie and I were just doing, if you follow us on Instagram at all, we've, we've been kind of doing posts to promote the Purex with photos of guys that have been on them over the last eight months as we were developing the wheel. And one of the coolest ones we found is I was, we were digging around for a good picture of Joey DiMartino, who was one of the guys that had been on them for the longest, um, you know, and it wasn't like he was constantly on them, but we'd do a new batch and I'd, you know, pick five different guys to send them out to to get feedback from. And Joey was, I think, in one or two of those batches. He was using them at, at NCRHA Nationals last year. So I was thinking, oh, it'd be great to have a post of, you know, of Joey on those wheels. So we got four or five good pictures of him, but they were all just kind of, you know, they're just kind of boring, you know, stick out in front, you know, yeah. in stride, not, not real exciting. And I had, I text uh, Tamburino to say, you know, hey, do you have any other pictures I haven't seen in Nationals? He sent me the one we ended up using, which was Joey holding the trophy up over his head. And, and you know, you look down at his feet and those are Pure X wheels. That was oh, that was actually uh, test run three of Pure X wheels. And that was back in wheels. championship wheels. And that, you know, it wasn't just about getting, you know, getting the rink for a couple hours and getting a test session together and throwing a scrimmage like we were at that point. We already knew, OK, this is pretty much what we want to do. Now we need to look at durability and performance. That's a guy that trusted that wheel in a big game like that. Yeah. So, you know, the national championship and that, and, and he wasn't the only one. There was a couple, I think at the time, uh, a couple other guys were on tacky on testers. Um, a couple of the Lindenwood guys were. So that, that kind of, that big of an event, if that wheel is going to get trusted there, then we know I'm comfortable selling that to a guy that plays Tuesday nights in Ohio. So that, that Pure X wheel, um, that blue that we ended up using, is a different formula than what we had on the Pure, and it created some different traits. And, and you know, I've been giving this speech. I could probably do it in my sleep now from being at a booth for a couple tournaments with them. It's just a, the compound ended up giving us a little, um, little higher rebound wheel. So even though it's not any harder, it feels stiffer, which is going to give you a different edge control, and it's going to give you a little more speed. But... Some guys, you know, need a squishy soft wheel. So now we have a tacky on for the guy that wants that bigger compression, that that kind of gummier wheel. And we've got the Pure X for the guy that that is all edges and speed, and and that's the wheel he wants. And you got some guys like Guzman, and now there's 20 different kids out here doing the same the thing. Guzman the Guzman setup, which uh, which props to Kenny. Kenny, you're the one that created that. Uh, my uh, my boy here on the on the Conix Warriors from. Uh, Temecula. He was. Okay. He, I think he coined that phrase. We were talking about that earlier today. Yeah. Um, I'll give his. Uh, gonna give his buddy Sammy from Texas a happy birthday shout out today too. It's nice. that kid's birthday. Those are two two big Conics fans. Happy birthday, Sammy. Um, so yeah, that that Purex wheel is kind of that and the Tachyon together. Guys are creating different combinations on it, and and it's cool. And I see guys doing that with other brands too, because every wheel does. You know, whether it's ours or somebody else's, your every wheel has its own characteristics, mm -hmm. its own properties, and everybody's skating and game is a little bit different. So it's kind of cool to be able to mix and match. That was a bigger thing like back in the day. Yeah. Like there oh, used yeah. to be a lot more mixing and matching. Have and, all different types. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool. Technology's coming into wheels just like it comes into sticks and skates and everything else. Yeah. So you will still have the pure then? No. So, so the pure, so pure is actually, pure is actually so no pure longer. Pure goes away. Pure goes pure away. So now Pure X is, is at the top cool. of our, our pyramid there. Tachyon yeah. sits right underneath it. We've got another new wheel that we're going to start uh, talking about here in the next few weeks called the Pulsar, which is kind of our, our $7.50 retail wheel. Um, light blue? Light blue, yeah. Kind of a cool-looking nice, color, really cool um, color and a whole new core that we developed for it. We, you know, we've know, we we've had a really good dual-pour wheel, and we've had a really good kind of price point wheel, but we've, um, I don't want to say struggled, but 
but it's been a lot harder to kind of hit hit that middle road with something that's that's as durable as the pure but you know isn't going to raise the price of it so much so we had to find a way to do a single pour pure so we did a new core it's called a k core and if you look at it you can see little k's inside of it um yeah conics k core um and that that's giving us a good single pour wheel that still performs really well a dual pour wheel is obviously still gonna gonna be your better bet but at at you know 750 versus 13 a wheel for a guy that wants a really good sticky wheel that pulsar uh for a single pour wheel is going to be a good one for us we've already got five or six guys that had bought them today that came by the booth and they're like that wheel's money man i love it nicely done so it's always cool that you know like we can test the heck out of it but when a complete stranger who doesn't know me from adam and doesn't need to tell me anything that's like the best yeah like those are the compliments i like yeah because yeah. that's that's not someone that's stroking me they don't know who i am or you know to them i'm the guy that sold them the wheel standing at the booth and they just came by to tell me they loved them and thanks for making a good wheel that, yeah. that's that's the one that always makes me feel good yeah it's not like somebody that you're getting like yeah you know, they, they, the guy that like, hey, man, yeah is that wheel though tell me how that wheel yeah. is I, it's sick that you like it and you want more but you know how is the wheel yeah, so, yeah well, and, awesome and the wheel doing. business is hard because you know as i said everyone makes a good wheel yeah you know so it's not like so it's not it's not like you can, yeah i mean it's not like you can jump in and go oh their wheel sucks their wheel sucks like everyone makes a good wheel so i think you know we all kind of push each other to make a better product and uh that just makes the game better for everybody else definitely well so we're here at state wars Winter Wars, I should say. Winter Wars West. What is, uh, you know, with Comic Pro Invitational happening in Winter Wars, what is one of your kind of favorite memories of State Wars? Of, you know, either being at Comic Pro Invitational or, you know, playing here at um, playing for Winter Wars. So, I mean, every every tournament's like a different thing. Like, Winter Wars is, is you know, we had Narch Winter Nationals in the same building a yeah. couple months ago, or got a couple weeks ago, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and that just just the different tournament organization gives it a different vibe and like it's not one's better than the other but winter wars has a little bit different vibe than narch narch has a little different vibe than tours so just because we're in the same building it's not quite the same tournament there's yeah. a few different teams here or there pros a little different makeup of rosters is a little different i think you and i were talking about that oh, before yeah. like this was like i thought it was just my team at one point i'm like i can't get any of my guys here like just this is a horrible weekend and, you know, and then, and then I run into Dan Maxwell here a week ago for college games, and he's like, "Man, I am just having such a hard time getting enough." And I'm like, oh, "I thought I was the only one." He's like, "No, I'm struggling, man. Like, I, you know, this guy's busy. This guy's got that." So, you know, a, a lot of times there's a lot more that goes into putting a team together to play in the you know the pro division than a lot of guys think. It's yeah. you know, very few guys are not paying their own way to get out to things like this, especially in the middle of February one. Like, yeah, a winner's tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a you know for my guys at least that's a hey you know who who who, who can get out here? Yeah, you know how many guys can we cram into one hotel room so it's cheap enough? That yeah. kind of thing. Definitely. Um. So kind of we're coming on in about an hour here. You got some games later today. What's your uh, for your team, Connex Pure X, to go to the next level, to win a championship at Palma Pro or Narch or Tours? Mm -hmm. What do you think as a coach? What do you guys have to do to win that? You know, to take it to the next level and win? Like, what do you? Uh, so we we've you know we we've kind of been on a little roller coaster. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we came in as a young team and kind of had to get beat up a little bit and get you know get those five to one games where we just get kind of walked around but walk out of it going hey we only lost to palma five to one you know that wasn't that wasn't bad for us and now 
you know, now we're at a point where we're not happy with that anymore. Like we, we know when we lose a game five to one, we just, we did not play a good game that game. Um, and as any, any pro team, I think Narch International showed this, like anybody can beat anybody if, if the right bounces happen and the right work goes in and somebody maybe takes a team too lightly or whatever. Um, so for our guys, I think a little bit of it is uh, we don't always show up the same every time. Um, I know Winter Nationals, we had a hard time closing games out. I think we blew a lot of leads, especially in the last four or five minutes. Uh, you know, the, the game we lost to Pure Maple definitely hurt. Um, that was a game where we had a lead and gave one up, and they tied it up, and then they beat us in overtime. And, and we used to be hungry. We used to be the team with something to prove, and then we proved some stuff a couple years ago, and you know started having really good games. We won Winter Nationals a couple years ago, and and you know more than that, playing in the bigger summer tournaments. Um, you know, in Georgia, we knocked Alkali out. Like yeah. that was a team that had just had their way with us since we started playing pro, and we jumped in and and you know kind of played a complete game, and a couple bounces happened for us, and things worked well, as winning a pro game sometimes will. Um, and that was like a huge moment for us. I was like, a, you know, hey, we just beat a legitimate, you know, contender and team that, you know, I think they might have won the year before. So that was a big year for us having, you know, one goal games, two goal games with the snipers who would win Palma Pro. Having those two goal games with them, one goal games with them being up, you know, for a whole period being up by a goal on them. You know, those those were kind of the high point. And, and I think we, uh, and we all talk about this, the boys talk about it, that, you know, we, we maybe get, get a little not overconfident but you know we gotta we gotta stay on our toes because not only are the same teams we had a, a hard time beating getting better but these younger teams are coming in and we're and we're not the younger team anymore um you know i think the the nitrous guys showed that uh, at winter nationals that you know that's uh, other than guzman there was you know nobody on there that any other pro team and this is no disrespect to guys on the team but it's not like four or five other guys on that team would get snatched up by any pro team although with that said uh, Jay and Evan from Nitrous are playing with us this weekend because we're so short-handed. Jay had a huge. Jay had a huge goal. Like, like I, it, those you know, and and that's what's cool for me is knowing that those guys kind of already got the shaky legs and the nerves out playing with their own team. So those are two kids that I was like, yeah, they can absolutely hang at this yeah. level. Um, and and I I don't know. We didn't really have a lot of time to talk about it. Me and the the guys on the team before I made that kind of unilaterally made that call during yeah. the week that you know we're still. Still at seven, maybe eight guys. You know, one or two might help. Uh, I just kind of made that call after talking to to Rick, to their coach, uh, about who was available, and and you know, zero regrets. And the guys were like, "Yeah, you know, we we've watched them play. Like they they've given us games. Let's have them out there." And and it's been really cool to me to see our guys on the bench. I think you were standing on our bench oh, yeah. for a little bit. Like they're loving the younger guys out there. Yeah. You know, and there was a time where our guys were that age, and you know, and and like. Like Joaquin jumped on our team for a couple couple tournaments a few years ago, and like our guys were the same way. Like just anything Walk said, they just hung on it. Like oh, well, what's Walk saying? He's telling us to do this. All right, we're gonna go do this because yeah. that's a veteran guy that you know that they looked up to. And so for our guys, I think with with Jay and Evan playing with us, they're kind of getting a little bit of guidance from them, and they're getting a you know, hey, you gotta give that guy a whack. I don't care who he is, you gotta go yeah. give him a whack, Jay. Don't let him throw you around. And Jay doesn't care. He'll give anyone a whack. Hey, you know, and it's cool to see because on your team in particular, you have. You know, you have all the, you know, he's been, he's been everywhere, coaching on the Cayman Islands, and you also have, you know, Tommy Suey. Yep. Like, those two guys, never played on your team, but those are two guys you, you're like, those are role models and leaders. Yeah, you know, they absolutely. Are, they are leaders on that team. Like, yep. Especially Tommy, you know, him, he, 
He's, yeah, Tommy's our eats. anchor. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he, he lives to have puck shot at him. He not as much as his brother, who no. literally lives to have puck shot yeah, at him. Yeah, I think that's what you... <laughs> that dude loves eating pucks. But he really does. That, um, just the leadership from just sitting on the bench and getting video and stuff, you see that. You know, it's like, boys, let's go. Yeah. And then all focus in. Yep. So I think that's cool having those younger guys on your team and having two leaders that, hey, you're not on that team, but you can look up to and be like... Yeah. this is how you should be yep. at a pro level. Yep, so. absolutely. And, and you know, having, I think we were talking about this earlier, Matt Swanson. Um, oh, yeah. Who, you know, Swanee's played with my junior teams over the years and kind of bounce around, plays with Nitrous. And, uh, you know, last year watching him play over the summer, you know, he's always been someone that, like, like we've talked about, like, you know, when are we going to give Swan the call up? When are we going to do it? Um, I think after watching him play last summer with Nitrous, it was kind of like, if we don't do this now, yeah, it's gonna get a lot. You know, like th- this is someone that not only is he ready to play here, this is someone he that's gonna. With Revo th- that's, too, right? Yeah, so yeah. Nitrous and Revo, same same team, new yeah. name. Uh, you know, new faces, exactly. new name. Um, but you know, Swan's always kind of been. At least my hope was he eventually wanted to play with this group of guys. Uh, since I can't get him out to ASU, as hard as I tried, um, he'll end up. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> Murphy. not as long as yours yet. I think you guys are up next. We are not. We're almost done anyways. The long-haired freaky kid that sits in your booth. Yeah? Is he getting dressed now? He just wants to get his gear. Okay. So we're almost done. We got five minutes. We're good. You want to jump in on the topic? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> um, I want to go back into Swansea because I want to keep talking about it. Um, yeah. So Swanee, Swanee was like the, the guy that we were just hoping would ripen enough to, you know, to get that call up. And not only has he done it, like he has scored... You know, jokingly, I think when we finally made the call, where you know, I think Tommy and and maybe Mac and I were like, "Oh, he's good for a goal a game." Yeah. And he has legitimately been good for a goal a game. You know, and that's for a team that was losing games by a goal for a long time. Just that little thing is huge. So yeah. I'm I'm excited for the summer when everyone's back and we you know we put Swanson into that last slot that we've been kind of trying to find a guy for get get Rap Aldrich and some bubble wrap and hope he doesn't get hurt. Um, <laughs> You know, and, yeah, Jesus summer. Christ! At least your hands, like wear oven mitts wherever you go. Kid, kids' hands are like a made out of porcelain. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're good with a stick, yeah. but they're just bad when a stick touches them. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for you know for kind of what this summer is going to mean for us. I think a disappointing Palma Pro for us last year. Um, I know walking out of that locker room, there was not one happy guy. And obviously, you know, nobody wants to go zero and four in a tournament, but they went two and two in the year before. And, yeah, I was going to say it wasn't the tournament, or you guys probably we, no it, one expected. Personally, yeah, I and we we you know, it's not even that we didn't play bad. We just didn't play good for minutes of a period, and, and those the, minutes and were what killed us. Yes, and and that's and those like Palma that. Pro games are long. Mm-hmm. I mean, this weekend's old the the rink rat game we played yesterday, a one one tie in that was pro. A great game. That was just, you know, again, two two roller teams playing roller against each other and being very patient. But when you only get two 12 minutes of stop time, yeah. you know, every missed opportunity is is a huge missed opportunity. And playing Palma Pro in the summer with longer games, you know, now it's the complete opposite. Your strategy is completely different. Like, you have to be patient. You can't burn all your gas in the first, you know, first two-thirds of the game because that game's probably going to be won in the last third. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, so it's it's a different dynamic. But I, I'm excited for the summer. I, I think the guys have definitely regrets from last year. I don't think there's any one of those guys that doesn't want all those games back again. So, um, you know, from Dwyer up, 
So yeah. I, I feel like everyone's going to come with their heads on and, and kind of ready to, you know, claw our way back into not having to hope we get in, but but being a team that, that is invited back. So yeah. we, we've got to go prove ourselves this year and, and hopefully we get in. I, I shouldn't even like just just asked him the other day. He said, we're still trying to decide who gets in. And that's one of the things I like about Palma Pro is, you know, it's it's you've got to earn your way into that. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, you got to hope that somebody else, you know, doesn't look a lot stronger than you because they're probably going to get your spot. So I think our guys know going into this, you know, if we do get a spot, th- this is our year where we've got to prove that that we belong there. Yeah. And I think we will. I, I, my confidence level is high. Yeah, I think you guys, you know, bad like you said, a bad taste in your mouth. You know, come back. Can't have every tournament, but come back strong. Yeah, we've got to have a chip on our shoulder. Yeah. Where where we built our momentum was when we felt like we had something to prove. You know, we didn't have one guy that anybody knew the name of other than Dwyer. Um, you know, if you're picking a fantasy roller hockey team for pro, yeah. none, none of our guys were in anybody's first three rounds. No disrespect to our guys. Um, you know, so we, we needed to back then prove ourselves. And I think we're kind of back to now that again. And that's, and that's, yourself. and now we got to do it again. And that's you some of the it. best hockey we played was when we had something to prove. So my hope is they have something to prove again. Yeah. Well, good luck to you boys. Thank good you. Good luck to the rest of the, this tournament. Good luck in the summer. Um, Doing the live stream of your guys' game later today. I'm excited for it. That should be, firstly, I think the best game of the tournament, other than the other game I live streamed, was the Rinkerat and Con Expert. That was was was, a great game. That was a good game. It was a one to one game, but this next game, uh, I'm really excited for it. Around 8 20, that should be a good game. Yep. um, Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, Matrob. You know, thank you again for sitting down. We're about about hour seven minutes joe interrupting us a couple times but we, he didn't want to join us yet yeah, joe didn't want to be involved in the podcast he just yes. wanted to come in and like throw things at me and and doing a couple of workouts with his wrist i don't know what the guy's doing and he, he gets real bored at tournaments yeah. he, he's he's, i'll probably go out there he'll have yard sailed my whole booth onto the floor i think uh, he wants to be the host of the podcast too, i, I he think he really coming. does you know rob in closing the one thing i do want to say i think i kind of said this earlier thank you for doing what you're doing um, you know, this, this is a sport that doesn't get the recognition it deserves. And I think you're giving it a voice and an image that is helping. And I, I know a lot of us just think, oh, it's guys in the sport that listen to it. Um, Marvin Simmons and I were talking earlier today about, uh, you know, his guys, I think you had him in the story, right? Yes, like you showed, know, you he, showed Marvin the story. Russell, he's like, woodsy, woodsy. <laughs> and I don't even know him. And he knows my nickname and I love it. And it's like, he's, I'm just like, dude, you got me. And I'm like, dude, I love it. And never talked to the guy, but we acted like Marvin's everyone's team. best friend. Five he's minutes. The coolest he guy. is, he the is coolest. one of the greatest. Uh, he, he coaches in our outcast program with us, which is also very cool. You get a guy, a younger guy that wants to, you know, give back. Mm-hmm. So he coaches a bunch of ice kids. Like these yeah. are all like most of us nowadays are they're kids that all play ice and they play a little roller during the summer. And he's like, I was getting chirped by all my kids. And so at first I'm laughing. I'm like, think about it. I'm like, those are all ice kids. Like they played their first season of roller, his two teams yeah. last summer. Like the majority of them had never been to a tournament. Like okay. never, some of them had never played a game of roller hockey and their tournament was their first time they played. And those kids all follow Roller Dad News. That's sick. You know, enough to where, like, they were all just chirping Marv, like, oh, you look kind of gassed, coach. Like, <laughs> time to get in shape, coach. Yeah. So props to you for what you're doing. It's, you know, the outreach is probably further than you know it is. And, uh, you know, that's that's how the sport's going to grow. It's giving those kids an identity. Like, they're not just, I'm an ice guy. They're they're Roller Dads. They're yeah. little Roller Dads. They so like, are you know, dad. I play ice during the during the winter, but I'm a Roller Dad now. Yeah. And, like, that's that's giving them an identity, and it's it's super cool. Last thing I'm going to say is at some point, you need to have have Tommy Tui in for a second 
because the the the, 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 the well the the debate here is uh, roller dads pretty much came from the two twoies. Um, you know that yes. obviously yeah. it you know has its roots beyond that, but yeah. a lot a lot of lingo that goes on in this sport is has legitimately yeah. come from this group of, of dinguses that are on my pro team. A hundred percent, I will agree <laughs> that because last year at Winter Nationals, I'm in the lot back there with them, and they're you know he's it wasn't roller dads wasn't really big back. It was it was big, but it was not what we've kind of really yeah not on a global here. scale where you're at right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty wild to think about like that, but. You know, we're back there, and he's just like, you know, you know, good roller, like he, you know. Yeah, good, good, good that. roller was those he, guys. Was he was. Bucks, yep. And, you know, just that lingo. You start hearing, he's like, dude. I was like, we need a roller encyclopedia. Like, Tommy is a walking roller encyclopedia. I've, I've asked him to get on the pod. I might grab somebody on your team. There you go. We'll do a pod. He's just like. Let me know if you want to come back to the lot, and we'll do it. And I was like, you know, uh, what? if you you that's it, Robbie. You got to do a lot pop. I am. I, I think we'll, we'll get this mic in in uh, in the the, the yep yeah, the back yep. lot. Just probably in. probably do it at Irvine in in tent twelve. Yeah, that's uh, that's where the boys like to go. Yeah. No, well, again, Nick, thank you for joining. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, Chronics Pure X new wheels. Um, well, they're in stores last they're, week. They're 15? in stores last week. Uh, HockeyMonkey.com, uh, PureHockey.com, Inline Warehouse, and Conics.com. Yeah, check them out on Instagram. If you guys have any questions, you can DM or preferably go on to the website and buy them. So, awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. I was out the other night with my buddies, and we were kind of just messing around. We're like, let's do a little fantasy draft of a three-versus-three Ironman tournament. And so we did a – to draft three versus three Ironman tournaments and roller players. So it got me thinking if you could pick one line and a goalie to put out there to win you a game, you know, two minutes left, you got to make a save or you got to score a goal. What line are you putting out there? <laughs> are we, are we going eye for eye on this? You're four and a goalie and then I'll go my four and a goalie. All right. And we can go, we, Let's do eye for eye, though. Uh, you pick a goalie, I pick a goalie. You pick a player, I pick okay. a player. Okay. Um, goalie. Oh, that's tough. That's like the first one right off the bat. You're going to pick um, your uh, – <laughs> uh, No, I can't. <laughs> I got I to gotta pick my boy uh, Chinny, man. I would go Mike Machinsky. That's a good pick. I like that. I like that pick. Yeah, Chaney, Chaney's got the timely saves, and he never quits, and I love that guy. So I'd go he Chaney. Heart. He has heart. Yeah. Who do you got? Man, mine's kind of a toss-up. But, I mean, there's no denying him. You, you know, it's either, you know, I got to go with I gotta go with my man Leggett. I got to go with Brett Leggett, dude. Dang! I thought you were gonna go Reds. I was I was leaning Reds. Leggett makes huge saves in huge times, and I love that. Um, Reds. I mean, that's yeah. You ha- you have to pick Reds too, though. It's uh, I'm gonna go with Leggett though because that dude is makes saves, big saves and big times, spicing it up, going for the north of the border. <laughs> I like it. Um. Oh, off the board next. Boy. Um, I would go uh, – I'd go Shane Fox. Um, he's played in so many big games. Uh, he's won – he's had so many clutch moments. 
He's he's always been in a winning culture. He does what's needed for his team to succeed, like just timely, just clutch. You know, like he can score big goals, and and he carries a lot of weight for that sniper's team. So I'd go Foxy. You know, so we're gonna go defenseman, right? You you can do whatever you want to do. I'll go defenseman, and you kind of I would I would take Fox as well, but I'm gonna go with someone pretty familiar with him, someone that played with him this year over in Europe. You know, someone that does play with him on Team USA, that does play with him sometimes with Black Ice. You know, PJ Martino. Personally, I think he is the best skater skate he has he can just the way he moves on skates is absolutely unreal um his feet insane uh going with pj Martino, he puts the puck in the net no matter where he's at he can move he can get back smart his as cuts hell. are stupid like his, his peel-offs are and spin-offs, like it's, it's absurd it and, is. and not to mention you get him up on the power play and he's on that uh, left side as a goalie, and he just throws the one behind the back to Kraft, and then Kraft throws the next behind the back to Shabo. And it's like, how do you stop that? You, Did you I witness just, that? You just for- rolled two behind the back passes because both these guys can fake the shot. So I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, I gotta take D Martino. All right, let's go offensive. Good pick. Good pick. Um, Man, I was thinking about this today, too. Um, I remember in Atlanta a couple of years ago when we had a really close game with the Snipers in the semis. A uh, minute and a half left. Guess who their two forwards are? And for the Snipers? Yeah. Let's go with Whitey and Combs. Whitey and Hawkins. Oh, fuck, yeah. So, like. Whitey makes this play, and you know Whitey. Like I'm sitting there thinking the whole time he's t- he's gonna come in, he's gonna make a shot. He makes this like subtle little drop to Hawkins, and like Whitey kind of takes his guy out a little bit, and Hawkins with just time and space and the Red Seas part, like he's putting it in every time. Like <laughs> the shot is so accurate and it's so hard, it's stupid. It's unreal. Yeah. So that all being said, I I would take Matt White. I would take Whitey. I love watching him play. I love playing against him. I also remember a couple of years ago, another close game we had with them in the quarters at State Wars in Detroit. Like I could see him getting frustrated that he wasn't scoring. It like made me feel good. You know, you're like, damn, forgetting him. Like, blustered or frustrated like that's a that's an accomplishment so I go Matt White I hope he's able to make a return to some roller this summer I miss seeing him play man watching him play roller is something special I love watching him play I wish wish we got to watch him last summer so hopefully everything works out where he's able to make some tournaments this year and play because getting to watch him snipe <laughs> something pretty sick it's you know yeah that puck wherever you know like you said Hawkins he's auto so him and Matt White on a on a line on the snipers. What like, do you do? Like, what do you scary. do? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys both are so lethally accurate, and man, they oh my gosh, that's what I mean. It's like Matt White's coming down, and you're expecting him to like try to get a shot off and try to score a goal, but he just makes this 
a little like kind of curl and drop and add plays. Just smart, smart, smart player. So yeah, I, I'd take Whitey. Yeah, I can't. You got? So uh, you know, there's no, uh, never no doubt in my mind. But going with my boy Eton. Eton's on a different level right now. I think he's playing so much hockey. He's playing so good and. Yeah, I mean, having that dude on a line, you know he can create magic and something happen too. He's so determined. Like he's determined. When he hops out on the rink, like. When he's on the bench and he's just like, he just has a straight laser focus of the next shift. It's insane. You you want that in a player. You love it. Like you said, like he was so pissed, but in his mind, like he's having so much fun. It's like his, it's his natural element where he's at out on the rank and everything. And when you have somebody who enjoys doing the things like back checking and like, you know, making good plays and just like has fun with it, but can love that every aspect of the game, every part of it, every part of it. And yeah, he's, that's, it's a good choice. Who do you got? Ooh, next one. Boy. He's on the board still, dude, and you gotta gotta go, Tino. Ah, I knew it. I knew it. Gotta go, Tino. How can you not? Yikes! That's such a. How many times have we talked about this guy on the six episodes we've had? Seriously, I mean, he is ab. But he he just he creates magic like these other players, and the way he's able to do it too, it's uh, it's pretty unreal. He's sometimes untouchable. It's scary. Not to mention, he's just the nicest like human being on the planet. Like, not a bad bone in his body. Like, he's just such a good person, and they just, and when you see him and his parents at the family or and his family at the rings tournaments, you're like. Wouldn't, wouldn't be the same if I didn't see the no family at a tournament, you know, like he's, like I said, we've talked about him so much on the rink. He's, he's the best. He's one of the best. Absolutely. On and off the rink. Yeah. Great guy. Even better player. Mm. Well, all right. So I don't so you, got, uh, you got, all right, let's start. You got Leggett, you got DiMartino and you got Eton. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, who do we go for my, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch this up and I'm going European, you know, I'm going my offensive pair. I need a lefty. I need someone with Eton. You know, I want to go with, I want to go with John, John, his little, his liney with the Cali street hockey going on, but I'm going to give credit where credit's due and, Martin Fiala, that dude's a goal-scoring machine. Whoa. Yeah. Get Fiala. Nice. Across the pond. Dude, get those two together, magic's happening. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going Martin Fiala. Everything I've heard, I have not got to see him live. I've seen him so many times watching on video and live streams, not live. But you've played against him this summer. You know, how, how, how is he when you're playing against him? Egypt man, I don't believe he did score in, in the game I played against the Czech against me. But like when you watch him play and he's got the puck on his stick, I mean you can just almost like 
see where he's like looking like things kind of slow down for him and almost like open up like he he literally is just looking to put the like throw darts like in spots on the net i love his instagram page too it's the I best love, like dude it's really cool like it's i would say as close to like what it would be like to be like an NHLer, like as a roller hockey player, like his page is like a perfect, like, this is incredible. This guy's all decked out in true gear. He's putting in work at the gym. He's putting in work at the ring. Behind the, the scenes type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So no, he's, uh, his Instagram page is good. Go give him a follow. Yeah. Give a uh, shout out to him and uh, his roommate, Joseph Carlick, another uh, tendy. So yeah, I would go with Martin Fiala from played for team check at World Roller Games and also plays for Villeneuve in the uh, French League. And on those little nets. Absolutely. He's snipes. on those little nets all the time. Like, man, these guys must come over here and their eyes, their, their mouths are just watering. They're like, holy cow, look at how much net I have. <laughs> look how much net I have. Puck. <laughs> yeah. I mean. There's so much barn. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I've got Chinny. Fox, Tino, and Whitey. Dude, that Ooh. is a lethal team. I thank you. Thank, like I said, <laughs> I've been thinking about it a little bit today. You're just pretty good too, dude. Don't, don't <laughs> You've been thinking hard. about this all week, huh? A little bit. Um, <laughs> oh, my last guy. Man, I. Uh, <laughs> I Got to get a little grit out there, you know. If Foxy's going up and wheeling and dealing, and you got you're not going to take my guy, are you? You're not I gonna... think I am, dude. No, don't. I'm gonna take Big Bernie. Yeah, you did. You took Bernie. Big Bernie, dude. He still gets the silver and blue SEs from Air Force. He's just an OG. Uh, actually, no. I think he gets some Warriors now. I think he was like upset about that this summer, actually. <laughs> but. Uh, Bernie, dude, like, I'm trying to think of other D-men who play, like, like True the D. way that, like, you're supposed to kind of, like, play the game. 100%. The way I explain Bernie to people is when he puts his helmet on, like, the switch flips and, like, the competitor and just the aggressiveness of that guy, it, it's not going to be matched. That guy is out there on his shifts doing whatever it takes to put his team in a position to win and he is tough as shit there is a guy i wasn't there this night but in barcelona dude they went to uh they went to the club razzmatazz we went there the night we won but they went there a night before too and uh some dude bumped into bernie and like immediately bernie like he felt his pockets and i guess he was like yo my phone's gone and he took off he caught this dude and he tackled him and grabbed his phone back and he's like i'll basically murder you if you do this again and yeah. <laughs> yeah bernie caught the dude who tried to pickpocket him man it was unreal he comes to the rink or we see him at the hotel the next day he's got a giant gash on his knee and he's just like yeah i had to take somebody down <laughs> and Ketz tells the story Ketz is like guy tried to steal bernie's phone dot 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 Big mistake. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, that would uh, that would That's round one dude. I'd probably be pretty scared of the doing. Oh man, the disrespect Such, like that. Just an absolutely one of the fiercest competitors I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, playing against him in Pie Hot. It's uh, it's brutal. You gotta you gotta do whatever you can too to you know bring it to him and you know playing against him. I love. It's probably and when one of, he's and I think I can't remember if we were talking to PJ and Siggy after we were done recording, but members uh, PJ was saying that as a kid he scored more goals than anybody. Yeah, I mean I can so. On on the you know on the world stage and and on the pro roller hockey stage at tournaments he doesn't stand out as a defensive guy but we see it in Piha like man he he can get the puck up the floor and he's got that reach around the net and he can make plays man absolutely he's a uh, like you said a true D man the way you sh- you should play D um, he's just yeah. fierce competitor. <laughs> So, since you took my guy, because I was going to take Bernie, switch it up. And I'm going to go with someone that, watching him at the Palma, what was it, the State Winter Wars West, Steven Verstegen. Man, this kid is just playing lights out right now. Uh, he's He's phenomenal playing D, and he steps up, and he's scoring big goals too on that rink rat team. Uh, I really enjoy watching him play, and he's just he's excelled these last couple of years getting to watch him play with rink rat. So I'm going with uh, Verstegen out of rink rat. He's a stud, man. He uh, I I don't know what prompted his hiatus for a couple of years because he played with Revision when when you know I think I was around like 17, 18. And then he had a couple of years off and he came back and took him, I would say about a year, but man, he's found his stride and yeah, he's got wheels. Um, he's a Cali kid. So, you know, it's basically in his blood. Um, but man, he's, he's very, very, uh, I would say kind of under the radar. Like I would say one of the under the radar guys in the pro division who really, like you said, he gets the job done. Absolutely. Like it, very under the radar. He gets the job done, steps up for that team. And, you know, with Eton's departure, he stepped up. He, he scored those big goals where Eton scored, him and Walk. So, going for Stegen. So, you got – so, you got for Stegen. Um, who's your other D-man? D-Martino. Oh, geez. PJ. PJ, Eton, and Fiala. Okay. Yes. And then I got Chinny, Bernie, Fox, Whitey, and No. It's not a bad Team USA team there. We should put a poll up. We should. I'll do yeah. it. Uh, I'll, I'll make <laughs> one. Put a poll up and see, uh, see what people think. <laughs> yeah, I should. I'll, uh, I'll put one up. We'll see. I think uh, yeah. that would be a pretty unreal four-on-four. Four. Even like a three-versus-three game, that would be sick. That would be a good yeah, game. Yeah, just rotate one of them in. Yeah. yeah. That would be sick. One 20-minute period, three-on-three. Three. Dude, during this whole podcast that we've had, I just moved. Moved down to downtown Denver, and I'm looking outside, okay? There's this guy DJing from his <laughs> from his balcony for our whole – I don't know who he's DJing for, literally. Bum, 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 Dude, he's going at it <laughs> for almost two hours, and I've been trying to find this noise, and I finally go outside, and I look outside, and this fucking dude has a whole setup. I mean, it's insane. If you follow me on Instagram, check my personal account. It's hilarious. 
this uh this dude's literally going at it he has his macbook up on this thing speakers out and i'm just like what the fuck did i go where did i move <laughs> he just packed up though tours a couple of years ago i don't know if they had it this past year or the year before a couple of years ago my first year going down to tampa they had a they had a dj um up up on the mezzanine level and yeah dude i remember walking in and i was like i, I look up and i'm like what the hell there's a dj and i go up to ronnie b and i'm like you got a dj for this thing and he's like pretty cool huh <laughs> pretty yeah. cool huh? yeah yeah like just kind of like yeah Make makes a pretty you know the cool DJ's atmosphere here. So yeah, it was it was great. Who was the DJ? Austin Asher. I have no idea. He was tall, dude. He was lanky as shit. <laughs> He's like he most- super lanky. Stretch. Stretch. <laughs> DJ Stretch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dude. That's unreal. Yeah. Well, huge shout out to some roller dads real quick that helped me move down here. Jonathan Joy and Wes Schaefer. Thank you for the truck and trailer boys moving me in. To the new RDN. Did RDNA. CJ not help you? Let's not get into CJ Bateman's night. Oh, all right. Let's not get into oh, CJ Bateman not showing up. He said he was helping you the other night, so I just wanted to see if he did. Yeah, right? That's just what I thought, too. 9 a.m. comes around. Don't hear from him. Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere. 11 a.m. comes around. Sorry, dude. You know? <laughs> Sorry for roasting you, buddy, but it's all right. I love him. Man, well, dude. That's funny. I think uh, I think that that's all I got for this one. You got anything, man? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Go check out the movie, The Conversation. <laughs> hey, yeah, check out. It's hey, from the seven, if you like old, it's forty movies. years old. Go check it out. <laughs> also, uh, if you're still listening to this pod, thank you. We also want to say we have a new stick coming. It's called Hopa. We, they are our first official sponsor, you can say, of this podcast. We have a 10% off code we're giving out. It's a little Roller Dad News, all caps, at checkout. Get 10% off on your checkout. We're going to be doing a uh, video review when it comes to me. Hopefully get sent in the next week or two. We'll do a video review, see how we like it. We have three players that play pro. They're going to be testing it out and using it, so... We'll see how they like it. We'll share our thoughts and everything, and hopefully we can get maybe a 20% code coming here for you guys. So, And you said that this is um, – what was his name again? C.J. Gamble. C.J. Gamble, who, who was doing Verbero. So I know that there were a lot of people who like the Verbero sticks. So if this is any you know kind of indicator, like this could be a pretty, pretty cool uh, setup. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting my hands on one myself and and checking it out. I I am in need of some new sticks here soon too. My my true dad uh, is running out. So, so with Kevin saying that, that is one phenomenal thing about these sticks. It's like they make goalie sticks and player sticks and two pieces. I know people used to love playing with two pieces, so they, they make two pieces. Two pieces, man. So, Whoa. yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So, something special about these uh, sticks is it's customized in all aspects, from blade grip and stiffness to choosing your exact length with desired flex, kick point, a wide variety of shaft grip styles, and more. They're produced and shipped under ten days. Free FedEx international shipping on all orders over one hundred and twenty nine dollars. And like like we said, they have it's all customized. 
player sticks, goalie sticks. I was online looking at the goalie sticks. Pretty filthy the way that you get to customize these different colors. And I've already been hit up by a couple different players asking about them. So once we get these sticks, we'll give you a video review and hopefully we'll get these, uh, get the ball rolling and help hope out getting their new product out there. For guys who are really dialed into like those kind of things, like you just said, like a kick point and like, you know, like your flex and like, like for people who understand the technology of a stick and how to use it, that's a massive, massive like boost in your already like skill set or attributes. You know, if you can get a stick that's customized exactly the way you want it and that's comfortable to you, uh, it's almost like those, uh, like the true skates that used to be VH, like it's completely customized to your foot, you know? So that would, uh, that could be like a game changer, man. If people, uh, really take advantage of that, is there like a minimum amount of sticks you need to order or anything nope. like that? Nope. That's cool. All custom. So one cool thing about it too, is literally all custom, so many different types of colors, you know, usually you can't get a yellow stick or a pink stick. They do have those type of colors. They also have, you know, um, a gloss look on your stick or they have a mate look on your stick. They have different types of grip. They also just came out with this new grip on their blade. It's called Blade Shark. So that's what I believe it's called. Or it's shark, like some type of like, I don't know, some something sharks in it. But it's you like a rough on grip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a rough grip where you don't need to have tape on it. So Nice. New stick. Once we get it, it's going to be very exciting to do this review and we'll let you guys know what we think. So check them out. Hopa H O A P A. Look them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or online. Uh, check out their store. So just want to say thank you guys for joining the podcast. You got anything else, Kev? Uh, big shout out to NCRHA for letting us come and do that TV, uh, TV broadcast with selection Monday. Um, Obviously, we went over it. You know, a lot of things have been canceled, that tournament included. Um, hopefully, this doesn't trickle down into some of the big events this summer. Um, but I guess we're going to hold our breath and check that out. But shout out to Rob Coggin and all the league directors and NCRHA. That was really fun and a really cool experience for you and I and I think for the collegiate league um, that we got to be a part of. So thank you again to, to them um, and uh, Hopa. Thanks yeah, to Hopa. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Kevin said, thank you, Rob Coggin. Thank you, NCRHA. It's a bummer that we, they couldn't release. They did release the NCRHA TV app, so if you haven't checked it out, go check that out. Pretty pretty cool. It is pretty awesome. You get to watch – you were going to be able to watch your live stream games, but you still can watch games from regionals and past national championships. There are certain games you do want to watch. Uh, you know, Email them, hit them up, ask them to put them on there. I'm sure they will. So – it's a uh, really cool thing, and again, thank you. Yeah, especially with the tournament not going on, if there's games you remember, like reach out to them and say, hey, like we want to see this game from a couple years ago, and you know, I'd imagine that they've got a little bit of time to <laughs> put that on the app. So I think it would be really cool to get that uh, Newman versus Lindenwood game on there you're talking about with over. That uh, would be sick. It was a nail biter. It was two to one. Yeah, let's. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll message them, see if they can put that on there, because I think that'd be really cool for people that never saw that game, because that game was unreal. Tons of pro players that play now played in that game too, So and that did play at the time. So it's a uh, absolutely unreal game. 
But thank you guys for joining the pod. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Robbie. Later, homie. Hey.